The clips used on the 700 Tapes podcast are meant purely for entertainment purposes. We do not own the rights to any of this material. This podcast will contain foul language, controversial subject matter, and downright funniness. If you are easily offended or a big sissy, I suggest you stop listening now. In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. What's up, freaks and weirdos? Jasperino here with you. Welcome to the 700 Tapes podcast, the maiden voyage, the inaugural episode, that means first, the uh, straight out of the gate, off the cuff podcast about VHS tapes. I am joined by the man, the myth, the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm fucking great. Cool. You got to be here. <laughs> Man, it has been uh, a lot just to get into this fucking building, but we are in right, this right. bitch. We've been talking <laughs> about this, doing a podcast of any kind together for probably, what, two years now? Give or take I two think. years. And here we are. Yes. We are fresh. We are ready to go. <laughs> it is Sunday, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Hell yeah. Um, just want to get you guys kind of uh, going with us and who we are. We are just two guys that uh, bonded a friendship on our love of movies of all kinds. Um, coming to you from the outlands of the Arizona desert. Woo. Braving the angry throngs of people trying to buy toilet paper and water at the grocery store water. just to get here. Water. Dodging, <laughs> shucking, and jiving around the coronavirus just to bring you this live like a suicide. Yeah. On a Sunday. Sunday. How you Sunday, feeling? Sunday, you, you, Sunday. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Wait, we can do that. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> I love that effect. Anyway, how you feeling? Uh, man, you're to doing be honest, good. I couldn't complain if I wanted to. That's cool. Hell yeah! And yourself? I'm um, yeah, I'm good. I uh, I took a little nappy nap on the couch before we got started, so I'm I'm feeling good. <laughs> Finally got the podcast studio set up and rolling. If you guys have been following us on Instagram, you know we've been working on this for a minute. Yeah. Um, quick plug: if you are not following us on Instagram, you can find us at Seven Hundred Tapes on Instagram. You can drop us a line: Seven Hundred Tapes at Gmail can also find us at Twitter at at 700 Tapes. I believe it's Jasperino Sweet. underscore 700 Tapes. I got to double check that. I should have done that before I started. But <laughs> I will review that and let you know in a later episode if that was correct or not. But find us on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook 
under the 700 Tapes podcast website soon to come. I'm still working on that. We're in the beginning stages of our voyage here, so that will be coming very, very soon. But you can look out for that where you will be able to listen to all of our episodes, uh, purchase stuff from us to keep us podcasting, and um, I'll post up any kind of other weird stuff I can get my hands on there. Um, Here is our story uh, about... A couple months ago now, uh, I stumbled, well, towards the end of 2019, I stumbled upon 700 tapes at a yard sale for $35, and being the avid VHS collector that I am, I could not pass it up. Um, I <laughs> That means he's a hoarder. <laughs> um, yeah, people give me that a lot. I don't know that I'd call, I don't have stacks of newspapers with mummified kittens under them, so I don't think I qualify as a hoarder, but I haven't told that more than once. Right. Um, I think if I am a hoarder, I'm the neatest hoarder you'll ever meet. You're and like, I've got the... And these are the... These are the trolls over here, right. and this is Spawn. I've got the coolest... I've got the, the coolest hoarded stuff. If you want to talk about Spawn... Hell yeah. I actually have a spawn right here. Oh, damn. You guys, I don't know if you've seen pictures of the studio. I, Among other things, collecting VHSs, I also collect, uh, people will call them toys. I call them action figures. Action figures. I collect CDs. I collect movie art. Uh, I collect anything with a skull on it. Um, <laughs> I'm a collector of many things. Um, expert at nothing. But I brought the VHSs home. And added to them to my already uh, pretty sizable collection of three to five hundred movies that vast, I already had. Vast um, collection. I I picked up a lot of eighties and nineties action movies, which I was really excited about because easily eighty percent of my personal collection was horror, gotcha. mostly eighties horror. So I think you guys are going to get a real good mix of things here listening to this podcast. Uh, from action to comedy to horror to drama, um, I want to dig out a couple of deep cuts eventually. Sorry, no chick flicks. That yeah, you never know. You've got mail. Oh no, I don't have you've got mail. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of one that would would uh, that qualify as a qu- chick flick. But um, maybe the craft. Hey, hey, the craft is. But pretty the craft badass. is a badass movie. Um, that or uh, what's uh. Tarantino's first film with uh, Reservoir Dogs. Nope, it's it's before that. I don't even think he's really uh, really. Oh, True Romance. Yes, there we go. He produced that. Yeah, I do have that on VHS. I think that we will be covering that eventually. Sweet. I think I've got every chick flick. Yeah, I don't know that I'd call that a chick flick. <laughs> no, I just like the name of that's got one of the greatest. Uh, when Dennis Hopper does that whole uh, monologue with Christopher Walken yes. about the Sicilians and why they're blonde. Oh my, or why they're not blonde anymore, why they have brown, look it up, it's great. Uh, when we do True Romance, we will cover that in depth, because that's my favorite scene in the whole movie. But um, that's basically it, that, that's us, in a nutshell, uh, we're just a couple of guys who like movies, finally sitting down to talk about movies. But yeah, I'm excited when we finally do and that neither one of us is seen. Right. That'll be interesting, uh, it'll be an interesting take, and it could be a really good movie, it might end up being a stinker, who knows. Right. Um. I would like to talk just for a quick minute about the history of VHS and why it's so important. Um, I'm a little, maybe you want to call it fanatical. Um, I'm very uh, 
passionate. I'm very zealous about <laughs> VHS. Um, you have to be to own as many as I do. I think if you look around the room, they're they're everywhere, they're corner everywhere. to corner, just about stacked up, filed away. You have some that are you know that you've been working on. Yes, <laughs> you've performed surgery. Right. <laughs> Is that duct tape over there? No, <laughs> that's on. That was on my ribs earlier. No, um, so here's the thing. A lot of the VHS tapes I have were rental tapes. And I think that's really cool because in this age of digital streaming and everything at your fingertips and everything right there, um, you can, you know, I want to watch this movie. I'll go on Netflix and see if it's on there. I'll go to Hulu or Vudu or I like the hoodoo that you do. <laughs> and uh, if it's not available to stream, you can buy it. You right. can go to, you know, I don't have a problem with that. I have I have all of those streaming services, and they are convenient, but there's something about holding the movie in your hand, about having to Physical leave copy. your house to go out and get it, yep. to search for it. You're on a hunt on a Friday night. You've worked all day, or you've gone to school all day. You've got <laughs> friends over. Hey, man, let's get a pizza and watch a movie. Right. Let's go to Blockbuster. Let's go to Hollywood, Hollywood Video. Videos. Let's go to the mom and pop. Uh, tape shop down the street yeah so that's how i kind of developed a love for vhs was my friends and i after school when i was in high school i graduated high school in 1993 but when i started driving and we could go to each other's houses um we would hit up the video rental store and just find whatever kind of horror movies we could that had the coolest looking cover that gave us the biggest chance of seeing some boobs at some point (laughs) that was our criteria it had to have the possibility of boobage and it had to have a cool cover and we would rent two or three of those and that's what we did all night i'm gonna go with the bbg that's boob bloods and guts there you go dude (laughs) that's a good meter we might have to incorporate that later on the bbg meter i like it already that's a t-shirt hell yeah for sure baby you're a 10 on the bbg (laughs) meter you're off the richter scale you're off the scale (laughs) but when you when you're at a thrift store and you see a vhs movie sitting on the shelf and it's got that hollywood video sticker on it or I've got one, my True Romance tape, in fact, mm-hmm. is from a, a small uh, privately owned video rental store from uh, Arlington, Virginia. Wow. It traveled all the way there to here, where I found it at a swap meet. Wow. And there's history there. The the hands that that tape has passed through, the slumber parties, the first date, the awkward, come over to my house and watch a movie. <laughs> Or, this isn't a romance movie at all. Yeah, or, you know, the the babysitter had the movie or was, hey, we rented this for little Timmy to watch tonight while we're out, whatever. You know, just the nostalgia behind it, the fact that people searched for that movie, they found it, they took it home and they watched it. Whether they liked it or not, they took it home and watched it. And I had a hard time, if I rented a bad movie... I had a hard time not finishing that movie right. because, God damn it, I paid two fifty to rent it. Right. You know what I mean? And possibly fucking up your credit. You exactly. Know? <laughs> not taking it back. But if you start streaming a movie on Netflix and it looks like shit within the first 10 minutes, you can move on right. to the next movie. And, ah, I don't like this. I'm going to watch something else. You were committed to that fucking tape. You God damn to. it. You drove. For 10 minutes to get there, you were in there for half an hour looking around. You bought popcorn and little candies and everything else with it. 
you're going to watch that fucking tape. The overpriced everything. Right, of course, all right. the shit at the counter. As soon as you walk up, you're like, oh, I want these Jujubees. Oh, yeah. They had that, they had that <laughs> shit down. They had it set up good. Um, I found a pack of Jujubees. Yeah, like, we're going to use this a little later on in the podcast, maybe a later episode. But I actually found on YouTube uh, the Blockbuster employee training videos. Wow. Yeah, they're pretty cool. I was checking them out earlier today. So we're going to look into those, delve into that a little <laughs> bit. But the other thing about VHS is that was the first real time that you could take a movie that you had watched in the theater into your home and watch it just like you saw it in the theater. I grew up watching horror movies and stuff on TV, mm -hmm. but they were extremely edited because they were on TV. You didn't get all the cursing. You didn't get all the nudity. You didn't get whatever. If it was too violent, they cut it out. If it was too long, they'd cut it down for time. You could get that movie the exact way you saw it in the theater, put it in your VCR and watch it from your house. And the first time this happened, it blowed, it blowed, it blew my mind. <laughs> It blowed we, my mind. I remember. Um, what movie was it? What was Top Gun. Movie? Top Gun. Top Gun. My friends and I had ditched school, and we went to our friend's house because his parents were at work, and we were just going to hang out there all day and, and fuck around and not go to school. And my buddy was like, you guys want to watch Top Gun? My parents just got it. And he popped it in the VCR, and I was like, what? What? <laughs> Holy shit. We're watching Top Gun. At your house. What? Dude, this is crazy. Yeah, it was it was one of those pivotal moments in your life, you know what I mean, where you're like, I think my life just changed forever. It was the most incredible thing I'd ever seen in my life. And then we grew up, I grew up in a in a lower income family, so we didn't have a VCR. Right. So I didn't own a VCR until I moved out on my own. Probably maybe six months after I moved out, I bought a $500 VCR because that's how they Ooh, were back then. 500 Dude, that ain't oh. nothing. When the first ones came out, those those top loaders, mm -hmm. they were like eight, 900 bucks, 1200 bucks for the real high-end ones. Yeah, VCRs were no joke. The video cassettes, I've got a couple of cassettes in here that are original from the 80s. Mm -hmm. They've got $80 price tags on them. Damn. Those movies cost some money. There was a reason Damn. not everybody had a huge VHS collection. You were paying... 60 70 80 bucks for a movie when it got let out and then later on like towards the end of the 80s the um the movie studio started the production company started trying to make the tapes more affordable so they dropped down to 30 40 bucks um and then with the onset of video rental i think that had a lot to do with it too because why should I buy it when I can go rent it right well now if i really like it i can afford to buy it right. and add it to my collection it's a really, really cool thing when you think about it. It's a little piece of Americana. Hell yeah. Kind of, you know. And um, I still get sad. I watch those videos with the uh, the the blockbuster that's been abandoned for, for 10 years. And it's sitting there all sad. And some <laughs> of the shelves are still in there, you know. And, uh, it, it you know, it, it kind of holds up. You think about it. Those Friday nights or Saturday nights looking for those tapes were some of the best times of your life. Yep. And you didn't even realize it when it was happening. Right. You know? It's like being a kid. Like, man, how many times do you wish you could just go back for a couple of days to play through G.I. Joe's? Right. With no worries or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm going to dig out a road for these little Jeeps. Yep. And I'm going to go in and I'm going to have a battle. And all my dudes are going to fight these other dudes. And I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> Then I'm gonna go watch some Godzilla on TV on Saturday morning. Right. You know, it's 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 a big nostalgia play. And the crazy thing is, my uh, my local blockbuster that uh, I grew up, you know, 
Nier is now a a, a title max. <laughs> oh wow, that's funny. <laughs> like half of it's a title max, and I'm, um, I'm popping the energy drink. And the other half Did has always that? been a a laundry mat. So uh, you have to think how you know how big Blockbuster was. So they they pretty much cut the Blockbuster in half. Right. And now it's uh, again half of it's a title max. Blockbuster was okay, but I liked the. Um, there was one in Mesa called uh, or Chandler called Video Paradise. Hmm. Had a flamingo on it. Well, the smaller the That's smaller <laughs> the smaller rental shops were always the cooler ones to me because um, they had porn sections. You remember that? <laughs> yes. Like they had the little room in the back where you the had curtain. the and it said eighteen <laughs> plus only, and then you could X, go back X, there X. and you yeah you could rent the adult <laughs> titles. And there was always, like, the one creepy old guy back there by himself, like, slowly carousing (laughs) through everything. You know, like, you're putting way too much thought into this. I'm just looking for something with midgets in it, you know. The the dimly lit part of the store. Exactly, yeah. Well, and they even had, they had um, adult movie rental stores that that's all that was in them oh yeah my brother used to work at one really yes i would love to hear so, some of those stories uh so the funny thing is and, and this is uh i guess the irony of it all so my brother's first job he started working at hollywood videos uh-huh so uh hollywood videos execs if you're listening to this shut your ears <laughs> <laughs> um so my mom actually filled out the application for him and if I'm not mistaken, he was like 15 at the time oh, and crap. he had to be 16. Uh-huh. So what he did was I think he used my mom's social. Oh, my gosh. Or something, it was something something to where she helped him get his first job. Uh-huh. So transitioning from Hollywood videos, I think he ended up going to a triple X store. And it was right across the street oh, from uh, the state fairgrounds. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's now a parking lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did they have an arcade? Yes, it was. Oh it, no, not was, the arcade! The funny thing is, like, uh, one I think one of his favorite pictures. He's in uh, the the store. I think holding a a blow up dolls. Like. I thought you were gonna say mopping a bucket. <laughs> <laughs> That's the guy that comes in late every day. That they want to punish. Like, oh, guess what your job is today? It's okay. the the Hollywood exec The Hollywood video execs can't do anything about it now because they're all pumping gas at QT. Oh, <laughs> burn! But uh, <laughs> anywho, it's funny. I was thinking about, and um, depending on when I upload this, I don't think it'll be dated because I don't think this is going away anytime soon. I was thinking about. Um, we were talking about all the hands that the videotapes go through. Oh no! And I'm thinking about I see where this is going. Yeah, I'm thinking about coronavirus now, and oh, and no. how the onset of that would have been in the video rental days. <laughs> so it's funny. Okay, um, I don't want to give the movie away yet. Well, you're gonna know when you see this because it's gonna be the title of the podcast. But uh, we're gonna act like it's a surprise. As I was watching the movie that we're covering today, I saw a lot of comparisons. Even though it came out in 1996, I saw a lot of comparisons to what's happening right now in the news cycle, and we're going to cover it a little bit when we go over the notes when we talk about the movie. So, um, let's go ahead and do this. Did you have anything else you wanted to do about VHS or anything like that, or you want to talk about your history of movies? I think the the biggest thing is, uh, and you kind of touched on it, was you know nostalgia plays a big part in um, a lot of the things that we purchase now. 
you know, just looking right. around, you know, in, in the studio, you know, everything that you have set up in here is all based off of things from your childhood yes. or, you know, your late teens shit, even, you know, going into adulthood. Right. Um, the video store for me was um, definitely a place of refuge at times because oh, heck yeah. um, when I look at it, you know, it's uh, it's it's based just off of pure enjoyment. Right. You know, you, you went there for a specific purpose. It was like going to, you know, a theme park, you know, that your favorite theme park, because you know that every time you go, you're going to enjoy what you're pulling out, regardless right. if it's shit or not. You know, yep. like uh, there's a I live off of uh, like off of the 51 now um, here in Phoenix. It's a, a, a little highway or whatever. And uh, I remember there's a video store next to this subway that I go to every now and again. Uh-huh. And um, I remember walking by the video store. I was probably, you know, five or six. And on the video store, there was a leprechaun poster. <laughs> leprechaun scared the shit oh, out of me. Oh, that's awesome. Like by, like, by far, probably one of the scariest things I've ever fucking seen, you know, as a little kid. Right. Because the imagery in your head was probably yeah. way worse than anything that happened in the movie. Exactly. Right. It's like, this motherfucker's my height, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to kill me, you know. Right. Um, it got to the point to where, like, I would have to go in, like, the bathroom. I'd have to move the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure he wasn't waiting in the bathtub for you. Yes. Um, but it's just little things like that going to the actual brick-and-mortar place that yeah. um, our kids will never have the chance to see. Right. Um, one of the things that I, that I loved about uh, Captain Marvel, you know, the movie was okay, uh-huh. but um, they showed the last actual standing blockbuster yeah. in the movie that, yeah, that, that she one's, crashes through. Yep, that one's in Portland. <laughs> um, yeah, I loved the 90s nostalgia the, part the, of uh, that nine movie. Nine Inch Nails yeah. shirt she's wearing and shit um, like the that. The whole thing where she started fighting and they started playing No Doubt, I'm just right. a girl. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to be honest with you, I went into Captain Marvel expecting not to like it. Right. Because I had heard so many horrible things about it. So many people were talking shit about it. Right. They didn't like Brie Larson. They said she was horrible. And I, I, I'm... Gonna say I okay. So the Marvel movie I probably watched the most is the original Iron Man. Right. We watched it again today while we were cooking breakfast. It, my girl and I. It's she loves Tony Stark, obviously, but you know Iron. It's a cool movie. Right. But we have probably watched Captain Marvel four or five times, and I haven't watched Endgame that many times. For you one, Endgame long as fuck. Yeah, it is. But it's a good <laughs> background movie to put in. Definitely. And I really liked. Brie Larson's character Definitely. in Captain Marvel, like she was a smart ass. I liked her dry humor. Yep. I was like, I could date her. Yeah. Like I would ask her out. I, I, it was appealing to me. And, like, and, and it fit, it fit the time period. And right? I liked, and a lot of people were mad that oh, it's such a feminist propaganda. And I was like, you're empowering little girls to get up when they get knocked down and keep right. fighting. That's not well. That is feminism, but why, why is that a problem? Right. You know. Um, I thought it was a good message. I liked when they went through her whole life and showed her constantly failing, but getting back up and trying again. Right. I just liked that whole thing. And I think that, and I'm not trying to be misogynistic here, but I think girls nowadays growing up, they need that kind of role model. They need a Captain Marvel. They need a Wonder Woman. They need a Zatanna. They need a Supergirl. They need something like that. So they're not, um, 
I'm going to date myself because I don't know any of the popular <laughs> trending. They don't need a Tia Tequila. Right. Or, uh, oh, shit. That I, I went back. Yeah. yeah I, I jumped off the uh, <laughs> the social train a long time ago. I don't know. Who's a... who? I don't uh, know. They don't need a... Uh, I don't know. What's that we... What's that chick's name that, that she used to, to rob dudes? The rapper chick. Oh, uh, um, what is her name? Uh, uh, Cardi B. Cardi B, that's it. <laughs> I was thinking of that, but I couldn't think of it. Cause I, yeah, I bought my kids Cardi B chips for Christmas as a mm-hmm. joke. Because mm-hmm. you know how they have those hip-hop the, chips the, at the uh, Circle K? Rap snacks now. Rap snacks, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was really tempted to do the Fetty Wap ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. I'll be cooking pies in the kitchen for my baby. And even that's dating, though. Like that's, right. That's about as current as I get. But anyway, yeah, I thought Captain Marvel, I loved it. And I loved the nostalgia value of it, that it was it was the 90s. Mm-hmm. And the 90s is when I was a young adult. Right. And I was just learning how to live on my own and do all that shit. And it was really, I, yeah, I liked every, I liked just about everything about that movie. Yeah. I'm like, you got to um, think, you got you have a, the younger looking Sam Jack. Yeah, right. He almost looked like uh, Roman from The Negotiator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you were looking for Kevin Spacey. I have that movie, too. We're going to, we're going to cover that movie eventually. Look, that's one of my, you know, one of my favorite cool. fucking movies. And that's cool, because the movie we're about to do, you have not, you had not seen previous to this. Previous to this, I have not. So, we're going to go into some that you, I think it's going to be fun to do the ones we're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Ones that... I'm not as familiar with as you are, right. and vice versa. Right. So I've only I watched The Negotiator mm-hmm. when I rented it from Blockbuster. Wow! And I have not watched it since. Wow! So you probably know all kinds of shit about that movie. I that I don't. Do. I remember the basic plot and the shit that happened. I remember I liked it, mm-hmm. but I don't remember any much far beyond that. Like, I'm like I've remembered his name because it's my name. Right. Right. <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into this. We are covering this week. On the 700 Tapes podcast, we are going to be talking about the 1996 film Mars Attacks. And let's go ahead and check out the trailer. We have just seen rushes direct from Hollywood of pictures being released in the coming weeks. And we are proud to announce that this theater will soon bring you the greatest array of pictures ever to reach our screen. You'll see the finest stars in exciting performances. You'll thrill to the suspense, comedy, romance, and drama of world-famous stories. Here's a glimpse of a few of them coming to this theater soon. extremely advanced technologically, which suggests, very rightfully so, that they're peaceful. Now, I suspect they have more to fear from us than we from them. Ladies and gentlemen, Martian Ambassador is going to say a few words. Come on down, Mr. Ambassador. Whoa. That's a Martian? That's close. My God, yikes. They blew up 
Hey, we all make mistakes, Mr. President. This could be a cultural misunderstanding. Mr. President, they have a planet surrounded with thousands of warships. What do you think, Marsha? Kick the crud out of them. Mr. President, we're going to need to get you to safety. Should we go this way? Sorry, ma'am. There's a tour going through here. Jack Nicholson. This is the President of the United States. I want the people to know that they still have two out of three branches of the government working for them, and that ain't bad. Glenn Close as the First Lady. I'm not going to have that thing in my house. <laughs> Annette Benny. People say they're ugly, but I think they've come to show us the way. Pierce Brosnan. Very curious. Danny DeVito. Martin Short. Uh -huh. Sarah Jessica Parker. Michael J. Fox. Ron Steiker. Annihilate! Kill! Kill! Jim Brown. <laughs> Lucas Hobbs. He made the international sign of the donut. Jack Nicholson. Whoa! Hey! It's Tom Jones, right? And yes, Tom Jones. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> Attacks. Why can't we all just get along? Yes. yes. Oh my god. There's so many good things about this movie. I love this movie. I saw this movie in the theater when it came out. Oh, damn. And I have watched this movie several times. Um, I've owned it on VHS. I've owned it on DVD. I now own it on Blu-ray. This is one of my go-to. You remember Men in Black mm -hmm. when uh, he's showing Will Smith around and he goes, he holds up that little mini disc. He goes, these are going to replace CDs in about a year. He goes, I'm going to have to buy the White Album again. That's. I have some movies that every time new media comes out, I have to get that movie on the new media. My favorite movie of all time is The Lost Boys. I own that movie on VHS. I own it on Laserdisc. I own it on DVD, and I own it on on Blu-ray. Yeah, and I buy it in everything that comes out. I need to find the Laserdisc because I want to frame it and hang it up because mm -hmm. a Laserdisc fits perfectly in an album frame because it's the same size. Laserdisc. Wow. So if you guys don't remember Laserdiscs. Right before the onset of DVD, between VHS and DVD were Laserdisc, which was pretty much a record-sized DVD, and you had to buy a Laserdisc player, and this big-ass drawer, when you hit eject, would come out, and you had to put the whole thing in there, and then push it again, and it would go back in, and then even then, with as big as it was, with some movies, you had to fucking flip that thing over wow. to watch the rest of the movie. So, yeah, that was Laserdisc. Obviously, when DVDs came out, it totally blew those out of the water because they were easier to store. They were smaller. Right. And um, anyway, I digress. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to be watching Mars Attacks. Um, I would like to uh, get into this a little bit. With What we're going to do is um, I'm going to read the back of the VHS. Um, we're going to talk about the previews we got mm -hmm. before... The movie started. There were some good ones on this one, some surprises. And, um, oops, I just punched my microphone, putting my glasses on. I apologize. <laughs> so we are going to introduce you now to a segment that we call... The, the Tale of the, the Tale. tale. 
Awake Earthlings. It's later than you think. Don't miss this hilarious frenzy as Tim Burton, Batman, Beetlejuice, directs Mars Attacks. See stars that shine across the galaxy. Jack Nicholson in a dual role. Glenn Close, Annette Bening, Pierce Brosnan, Danny DeVito, and dozens more. Shriek at mean green lava uh, invaders from the angry red planet armed with insta-ray guns endowed with slimy humongous brains and in <laughs> my god and enlivened with out of this world but state-of-the-art special effects gasp as the u.s legislator is overwhelmed don't fear we still have two out of three branches of the government working for us and that ain't bad Thrill as Earth fights back with an unexpected weapon. Take that, Martians. And that is your tale of the tape, ladies and gentlemen. So there we have it. That is the back of the VHS. And we will be doing that every show, Tale of the Tape, where we will give you the history of the back of the tape I love the way that they push these um, when they, you know, because they, there was a guy whose job probably was to figure out a way to make this movie sound like you want to rent it, like right. you want to buy it. It it had to be easy with something like Mars Attacks. And the whole thing with Mars Attacks is this is Tim Burton's vision and it's a homage to like 50s era sci-fi movies. Mm-hmm. So this was easy to do the C- all of the live action thrill at the blah, blah, blah <laughs> here. The screams of the victim. Cause that's how they did. Yeah. That's how they did the previews back mm-hmm. then. And they would do these crazy, like, um, things to promote the movies. Like if you have a heart condition, you will not be allowed into this movie for your own health. And like <laughs> a doctor will be on scene checking everyone's blood pressure. If it is too high, you will not be admitted into the movie. Like, they would do all these crazy stunts that I wish they still did stuff like this. Um, they would give out like barf bags, like you're going to need this in the movie. And it would be like a little paper bag with the movie logo on it in case you needed to puke because the movie grossed you out so bad. And it really hypes you up for this. What the hell am I walking into that I need a barf bag for? You know, <laughs> they would actually have medical quote unquote Somebody Staff. dressed like a doctor mm-hmm. standing there that the movie company sent to the theaters to stand there just in case someone had a heart attack or something, you know. Um, there was one movie, and oh, you, you movie buffs are going to kill me for not remembering which one it was. Um, I will find out in, in another episode I remember, I'm sure. But they actually put shit under the seats that would shock you. Wow. Yeah, and every uh, parts of the movie, they would hit the switch, and, and you'd be like, what the fuck was that? Uh, why did I just feel what happened in the movie? You know what I mean? And yeah, it was really, really cool shit. So, I would like to talk about, since we already did our preview for Mars Attacks, um, the previews that I got on this tape when I put it in to watch it. Mm-hmm. And now, keep in mind, this was 1996. Right. What were you doing in 1996? For one... You know, just to you know, give you guys a little tidbit about me, I was fucking five. Nice. <laughs> I was five, so there is you know a decade or two between me and uh, my co-host you know, here. My second daughter was born <laughs> in 1996. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So we're gonna get a good spectrum here of uh, 
I was in kindergarten. Generation gap. <laughs> All right. So the first preview I got on this on this VHS was Batman and Robin. Hey. Solid. Like that's, the that's, George Clooney. That's Batnips. Yeah, Batnips. <laughs> Bat, badass. Remember? They had the, the close-up on their asses when they were getting, like, you know. Ee-ee. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the, Arnold, and then the uh, the fucking uh, credit card. <laughs> oh, I'd never bat- leave home yeah, without oh it. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, Arnold was Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze, and he had all the good one liners as always because he's Arnold. Like when he freezes the dude while he's watching the thing, and he's like, "I hate when people talk to you in the movie." <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then uh, Uma Thurman was yes, Poison, Poison Ivy, Ivy. and. Uh, yeah, and they I can't the, think of I can't think of the dude's name uh, that plays Robin, but he's in NCIS. Chris O'Donnell. There we go. Yep. He's With LL Cool J. Yep. With LL. <laughs> Mama <laughs> said, "Knock you yeah, out." Yeah, NCIS Los Angeles. Yeah. With the little crazy chick from The Incredibles. Yes. Uh, what is what is her name? I don't know, but she's basically the same exact is, same character in The it, Incredibles as that she is, is her. on NCIS. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so yeah, we got some Batman and Robin action on there. Alicia Silverstone was Batgirl. Yes, she was. And I was surprised in the preview. I thought that I had remembered this, but maybe I didn't. And I thought, well, they do different previews, I guess. But the one on mm-hmm. the tape wasn't the one I remembered where she comes walking up. She's like, I'm Batgirl. And George Clooney goes, that's not very PC. Shouldn't you be like Batperson or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next preview that we got was my fellow americans have you ever heard of this movie never heard of all it. right jack lemon and james gardner wow and they're old as fuck so right. it was towards the end of their careers um james gardner if you guys don't remember he was in the rockford files which was a really cool seven right. late 70s early 80s tv show that i used to watch as a kid um it had really cool theme music um i wish i had thought about it i would have queued it up and played it for you but you know google it you'll you'll <laughs> you'll thank me for it and Jack Lemmon, who is, of course, classic Hollywood actor. They're both ex-presidents. I have never seen this movie, but I think I kind of want to now. Right. They're both ex-presidents of the United States hanging out and having shenanigans together. Mm. Yeah, and it looks there's a part in the in the preview where they're walking in a gay pride parade. Oh, shit. And the, the one of the dudes, he's got, like, the body paint and stuff. He comes up, he's like, whoa, are you guys coming out? And he goes, and James Gardner goes, I'm not. And he looks over at Jack Lemon, who's like totally not paying attention. He goes, "He is <laughs> freaking hilarious." Yeah, so it looked it looked pretty interesting. It's a comedy, Good. so um, that might be something to check out. The next one you're gonna know this one, and I was so stoked when I saw this preview because I love, I fucking love this movie, Dangerous Ground. Oh, Ice Cube, right? Yeah, that movie was freaking badass. I can I can actually picture the the front cover of it too. Yes, me too. And uh, Ving Rhames is in that movie, remember? Yes. He's like the big mob dude, and he's sucking on a chicken foot. You remember that? <laughs> They're standing on the roof talking, and he's sucking on a fucking chicken foot. Um, Dangerous Ground was a movie from the early 90s about mm-hmm. Ice Cube had a, escaped apartheid when he was a kid, and he was going back as an adult to try to get his brother, who was mixed up in like drug dealing and a bunch of shit like that. And when he first gets to Africa, I remember this scene. He's sitting in his car, and these like gorilla dudes come out of nowhere with like their machine guns and shit, and they're all sweaty and dirty, and they, they're trying to steal his car. And Ice Cube goes, man, I thought we was brothers. And the dude goes, I am not your brother. <laughs> and they jack his car. Dude, it is a good freaking I love that movie. Definitely. Um, I don't know. I don't 
think I have that, but that's definitely one I would order just so we could just, cover it. Right. Because I am cheating. Let me let me just okay. Here's what I pride myself with on this podcast because I I did another podcast at another time in my life, and I like to do this um, in real time. Mm-hmm. All of the clips that you're hearing, all of the stuff we're playing in the background, I'm queuing that up as we're talking. Right. Mostly because I'm too lazy to go back and edit an entire program, but it's fun to do it as we're doing it because I've always wanted to be in radio or something like that, and right. it's kind of the closest I'm ever going to get. So everything yeah, you're it's, hearing, it's real raw and uncut. It what you hear is what you're getting. Like yes. I'm not going to go back and edit any of this. We're not going to cut it out. If I burp, you're going to hear it. When I open my monster, you're going to hear it. You know, <laughs> right? Um, because I I enjoy that because. Really, what you're doing is you're getting to know us. Right. And we're not going to clean that up. We're not going to front anything on that. Nope. We just want to be who we are and bring you quality entertainment. Right. God damn it. That is... is, So that being said, I will tell you that I'm calling this the 700 Tapes Podcast because I got the idea when I bought those 700 tapes. What we're covering will not always necessarily be from those 700 tapes. They will be from my collection. Right. Also, I mixed them all together. I don't even know what was mine and what wasn't now because they're all mixed is, up. I went through all... them and categorized them. I've got a Charles Bronson shelf. I've got a Chuck Norris shelf. Damn. I've got an Arnold shelf. Yeah, I'm, I'm hella excited to be doing this. <laughs> I have been wanting to organize my tapes for 10 years now. And this gave you the unction and to I'm do finally, so. Well, no. Um, <clears throat> I wasn't able to do so before because they were never able to come out of the boxes because of the way I was living. But I'm in a place now with someone now that I, yeah, I'm able to do things a little differently. So you're going to get every it's, once in a while, I might get coming a, out. You guys, I might get a bug up my ass to want to preview like <laughs> something like we review, like, I don't know, dangerous ground. I will yeah. go on Amazon and buy that bitch yeah. just so we can review it. Just so we can review. So, it. um, just there's a, Total, what's it called? Uh, what do they call it in the government when they're... Recall? No, total <laughs> recall. No, we are going to cover that one too. Hell yeah. No, when uh, when they're saying they're just showing you everything they're doing, but they're really not. Um, they're like, uh, oh, fuck. I can't remember what it's don't, called. Don't crucify us, guys, if you guys no. know the, the definition for it. It's Sunday night, man. We've had a long weekend. It's I went to a party long. last night. I haven't, I haven't gone to a party. Dude, I haven't gone to a party in like three years. Yeah, so I'm a little... That's why I was sleeping on the couch earlier. I'm still (laughs) sleeping it off. All right, so we're going to move on. Um, The next preview on the tape, Jackie Chan's First Strike. Wow. Remember that movie? Look, I can picture that. I can picture the front of that too. See, as I'm saying these, you can see the cover of the fucking movie because you went and probably rented these at the video. I remember renting on Dangerous Ground. I remember where I was. I remember when I did it. Mm -hmm. It was during the summer. I was living in a two-bedroom apartment. I had a couple of kids, and I put them... uh, We rented like a kid's movie, too. We watched that first, put them to bed, and I watched on Dangerous Ground by myself because my wife was tired. You know what I mean? Right. And I remember watching it and eating like some leftovers or something and being like, dude, Ice Cube is such a badass. Look, so when you said said Batman and Robin... Right. So... I can I can tell you where I saw the movie. Mm-hmm. So it was it was me, my cousin, and my uncle, and um, we went to a two dollar movie. Nice. So the crazy thing is, it, and just so happens, ironically, it is in the same parking lot as the blockbuster. Oh, that's cool. Uh, like I and it's crazy because the where the the movie theater was now it's a high school. Wow. Yes. So I remember us going. We went to go see that. 
And then, if I'm not mistaken, we saw Baby Geniuses as well. Oh, my God. Baby Genius. <laughs> Kicked them in the gold That's ads. funny. <laughs> so, you went to a $2 movie to see Batman and Robin. You paid yes. $1.50 too much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so entertained. I do have those Batman movies, though. We're going to cover those Hell eventually. Yeah. I've got uh, all of the... Uh, yeah. Yeah, all of uh, I've fucking... got Batman, Batman Returns. Uh, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. We're gonna cover each Batman of those Forever, eventually. Uh, his his bat boots, they're Jordan sixes. Oh, you're right. Yes, oh which my is God. which is kind of badass. And that was also um <laughs> they did the whole Robin line where they were climbing up that thing at the mm-hmm. end and he goes, Holy rusted metal, Batman and he's like, What the fuck? And he goes, The metal, it's 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 rusty and full of holes. It's like, how to kick you in the dick right now. <laughs> in the gonads. <laughs> in the gonads. That's funny. So yeah, Jackie Chan's First Strike, which is a badass movie. Anything with Jack. Jackie Chan's one of those things where you know it's going to be solid. Mm-hmm. Even if the movie's not that great, you're going to be entertained. I um, like the, the, the funny thing is, because Pierce Brosnan's in this, I almost watched The Foreigner the other day. Oh, I remember and, that movie. And that's with Jackie Chan. I think yep. his daughter dies, and Pierce Brosnan is like the, the head guy. In the, that's a recent movie, isn't yes. it? Yes. So I think it's like 2013 or I something I think like it's that. on my list on Netflix. I think I started mm-hmm. watching it at one point, and I haven't finished it. And this it. is like the- Definitely something to go back to. Older Jackie Chan, but it's bloody as shit. That's not the one with Johnny Knoxville, is it? No. Um, that's a different one, I think. Yeah. Did Jackie Chan and Johnny Knoxville did it? I think there was one where like uh, he's a drug dealer and Jackie Chan's a spy or something like that, and they're having to work. It's comedy, of course. Gotcha. And they're having to work together to do something. I don't remember, but anyway. All right, so the last preview, last almost preview. the best for last. All right, I, I'm gonna. If you've heard of this movie, I will give you a hundred dollars. I guarantee you probably <laughs> never heard of it. Turbulence. Turbulence. Uh, but he's, uh, like, if just just going off of that, I'm gonna assume it's you know a fucking you know. Uh, 757 Boeing. Yep. <laughs> it's an airplane disaster movie. Right. Um, I wish I had written down what they said, but I thought it was so bad I would remember, but I don't. I, writ- I wrote the tagline down because that was as bad. But there's like something about um, an air marshal and a sexy spy oh. try to stop the blah, 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 blah. Okay, so they're, I, apparently I guess they're stuck in the air. It's almost like speed. On a on an airplane, <laughs> but here's what they called it: it is Twister at thirty thousand feet. Wow, Twister! And look, I, the funny thing is, I so, fucking love Twister. That movie, I do badass. too. But I don't understand the comparison between the two because right. this is like a for one, it's it's there's a bomb on the plane kind of movie, right? And Twister was about tornadoes that they're chasing. Yeah, I don't understand the. So here's the thing about turbulence. Mm-hmm. I have heard of this. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. What I have seen is Turbulence 3. Wow. (laughs) Turbulence 3, I think I caught it on Cinemax or Showtime back when I still had basic cable Mm. um, before everybody went to streaming. This had to be 15 years ago. Turbulence 3 is about a gothic metal band that is doing a special concert on a 747, and then it gets hijacked by terrorists. Wow. And like the leader of the goth band is like trying to save everybody. It's yeah, it's a crazy it's it is as bad as it sounds. I will guarantee you that right now. It is as bad as it sounds. Snakes on a plane. Now there we there is a dude. 
motherfucking snakes. I'm sick of these motherfucking, motherfucking snakes plane. on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> so Ray Liotta so, is in yes turbulence. turbulence. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, he fucking is. And I bet he's sorry he ever did it. Oh my goodness. So snakes on a plane. You talk about a movie that was written around Samuel L. Jackson. Right. That movie was written. Okay. I'm going to tell you, and I'm not proud of this, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this because it's 90 minutes of my life I will never get back. Turbulence 3, by the way, it was Turbulence 3 Heavy Metal. Yes! <laughs> yes! It's freaking awesome. So bad, it's good. I might have to dig those up. You guys, you guys are going to laugh at our tangents, then we're going to get back on topic, and then right. be back off topic, but that's... I fucking, watched the other day. That's us. <laughs> the other day, I was scrolling through, I think it was Hulu or one of my streaming services, and I had to watch it just because of the, just because of the uh, Black Snake Moan. No, <laughs> I wish it was a good movie like Black Snake Moan. No, it was uh, Snake Out of Compton. What the <laughs> fuck is that? And it, uh, just by the okay, just by the uh, title, what do you think it is? To be honest, <laughs> when you said Snake Out of Compton, I, the first thing I thought of was Ice Cube and an Anaconda. Right, right. You're close. <laughs> It's a group okay. of up-and-coming rappers oh, gosh. trying to get a record deal uh-huh. while simultaneously fighting a giant mutated snake. This is this like Sharknado? No. This movie... <laughs> I've seen Sharknado. Oh, this movie shit. makes Sharknado look like an Academy Award nominated movie. And, and you just had to watch it just based and on I had to finish the synopsis it. Yeah. of it. <laughs> so, yeah. And I knew it was going to be bad going in. I just didn't know it was going to be quite as bad as it was. Then the kid that fucks up the snake and, and makes it grow and, and get his name is Merkel. All right. And he Merkel. has high water pants okay. and big glasses. Okay. And the stupid shirt and he walks and he's basically an Urkel ripoff. Right. And but his name's Merkel. Okay. And uh the dude okay, so the dude's borrowed money from a drug dealer. See, just just to kind of break you off real quick. You, this goes back to you saying when you rented a movie and it was bad, you still watched it, right? Right. Look, this is this is that same. Thing. Well, here's the thing: glutton I, for punishment. Part dude. of this was I don't know that I would have finished it on my own, but I started the movie with my oh, kid with shit. a couple of my kids, uh-huh. and they were begging me not to turn it off. Like, no, we got to finish it. We got to finish it. And I'm oh, like, oh gosh. my gosh! So nails on a chalkboard. They borrow money from this drug dealer to pay to make their record so they can oh. make it big. And the drug dealer is, okay, so they're in Compton. Right. There are so many white people in this movie. I don't understand. Like How they were in Compton. The drug dealer is a white dude with a mullet oh, and like those old school Oakley sunglasses. And Ray Cyrus. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Snakes out of Compton. There's like five black people in the movie. I, I don't know what's going on. What, and that was the group, huh? Maybe it was. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> maybe it was Compton, Connecticut. I don't know. <laughs> but they have a groupie and it's a white girl with an afro and a grill. Oh, God. And she's totally talking like, hey, y'all, y'all know y'all be, you know, blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> oh. And I was like, no, you didn't. Oh, and, shit. So then at the end of the movie... She's up on the, she's trapped up on this like tower and the snake's coming forward. And she's like, please don't kill me. I don't belong here. I'm just a white poser. Oh, <laughs> gosh. And that was probably like the big thing for them. Dude, like, oh, my God. You got you to gotta say white and poser yeah, in the it same was so, sentence. Dude, 
it was funny, but it was stupid, <laughs> and I feel like I lost a lot of my life that I'm not going to get back. Yeah. So you said 90 minutes of that. 90 minutes Gosh. of my life I will never get back. Snake Gosh. out of Compton. Snake out of Snake Compton. Snake out of Compton. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Yikes. the ball pythons coming straight from the underground. <laughs> Yes. All right, so let's talk about Mars Attacks before we get into the synopsis of the movie. We're actually going to talk about what we're here to talk about now, I promise. Yes. Mars Attacks was released in 1996 on December 13th. A lot of people, when this movie came out, they thought it was a pun on Independence Day. Right, because they're around the same Independence time. Independence Day had come out that summer, and it was mm-hmm. the big blockbuster of the year. Right. And they thought Tim Burton was goofing on Independence Day by doing this. It was just a coincidence. Right. He had no idea um, that it would be coming out the same. Well, because and I'll get that into that in a little bit when we get into the trivia. Um, so when you talk about an all-star cast, this movie literally has an all-star cast. Yeah. Jack Nicholson has a dual role in this movie as the president and Art Land, the developer that's trying to build the <laughs> casino, the dirt bag dude. Dirt bag. And you know he had fun doing that. You know right. what I mean? Uh, Glenn Close is the first lady. Annette Benning is Jack Nicholson's other wife and his other character. Pierce Brosnan is in it. He's the scientist. Danny DeVito, his only credited name in this movie is Rude Gambler. He doesn't have an actual name, but he's the guy in the preview that's like, hey. if you're going to conquer the world, you're going to need a lawyer. <laughs> and he's like, hey, you're Tom Jones. <laughs> right. Uh, Martin Short, Sarah Jessica Parker, Michael J. Fox, Rod Steiger, Tom Jones, Lucas Haas, Natalie Portman, Jim Brown, Lisa Marie, um, and I can stop there. Those are probably the end of the names you recognize. Lisa Marie is important. I only said that. A lot of you might not know who it is. She was Tim Burton's girlfriend at the time. Wow. And she was the Martian girl when the Martians were in disguise to get into the White House. Oh. Um, okay. So she, that was her. And the dog that um, Sarah Jessica Parker had throughout the movie, the little chihuahua, whatever looking thing, was actually Lisa Marie's dog. Dog. So. Like she owned that. That was her personal dog. The one so. thing that I've that I've always liked about Tim Burton is um, most movies that he does, he puts his people in. Just kind of like how uh, right uh, Adam Sandler, you, you know, in any uh, Happy Madison produce, you know, uh, production or whatever, you see that it's his friends. Yep, and there's a lot of directors like that. Kevin Smith does the same thing. Yep. Definitely. With uh, the Jane Silent, Jay Bob, and Silent movie. Bob And they're not only are the same people in it, they're reoccurring characters mm-hmm. from the other movies. Like, if you ever paid attention to Clerks or Mallrats or any of those early Kevin Smith, there's the same guys. Yep. Tell them, Steve Dave. You know <laughs> what I mean? Those guys, the guys they're playing hockey with, like all that. Yeah, it's really cool. So, this movie, if I can get to my, uh, my uh, facts here. Um, the music was done by Danny Elfman. Gotcha. Um, who worked on tons of Tim Burton stuff. Right. Um, he did the uh, score for um, Nightmare Before Christmas Damn. and, you know, all that other stuff. So this they, is Halloween. Yeah, this that was all Halloween. Danny Elfman. <laughs> so this movie actually patched up Danny Elfman and Tim Burton's relationship. Because wow. they had had a falling out because he did not use him to do the score for Corpse Bride. And they had a falling out about something, and that's why he ended up not using him for that movie. So then when he came around to do this movie, um, they had actually, um, they patched things up because he wanted to be part of the project. Wow. 
Um, this movie was based on a set of trading cards from the 1960s called Mars Attacks. The screenplay was actually written by a guy named Jonathan Gems, but the Mars Attacks were a trading card series mm-hmm. from the 60s with those aliens on them doing crazy shit like kidnapping women, blowing up buildings, all the stuff they do in, in the, the movie. movie. Um, and I, Tim Burton grew up with these, and it got in his head, and he was like, one day I'm going to make a movie with this shit in it, and that's exactly what he did. So... Um, the movie itself um, cost $70 million to make, and it worldwide only grossed $101 million. Yep. So, unfortunately, I would say that doesn't count as a successful movie. Nope, that is definitely deemed <laughs> a failure. Um, it only made $9 million on its... Um, release? First, on its first release week. Um, it only grossed $37 million in the U.S., that's why I read the worldwide because it only grossed thirty seven in the U S. But I did one hundred one million worldwide, so it grossed nine million upon its opening weekend, and its budget was seventy million. So how much do you think of the oops. budget was just based off of cast? Oh, because you got to think huge, this is a huge part of that. A lot of them too. are in their heyday in right. the ninety six. Right. Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Look, look, Jay as the Fox, president of the United States, Michael J. Fox. Right. You know, you have to think his big run coming off of. This Back was to the future. okay. So, I read in the trivia mm-hmm. this was the final movie that he did. Really? Yes. Like wow. he did sh- TV shows and right. stuff he after did this. Spin City. And yeah, stuff but like this that. was the last Hollywood movie he was really in. And the crazy thing is, uh, I think with the decline for him, then allowed uh, the Warlock to come do his thing. The Warlock. Yeah, uh, Charlie Sheen. Oh, <laughs> Charlie Sheen! Oh my God! Yeah. Charlie Sheen. Tiger blood. I got tiger blood. <laughs> I am on a drug. And, and his dad's in this. <laughs> Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen? Not, it, what, no, Martin Sheen's not in this movie. Oh, I, uh, you said somebody. I always get him and Martin Sheen mixed up. Always. It happens Jack to me. Jack Nicholson? No, not Jack Nicholson. Oh. Uh, somebody else. As soon as you say his name, I'll look at it. I'm like, that's the one. Right. It always throws me. So the Martian girl costume we talked about a minute ago that was worn by Lisa Marie, uh-huh. she had to be sewn into it. Wow. It had no zipper buttons. So she actually talked about it later and said that it was horrible filming in it because she couldn't sit down. And then in the scenes where she was sitting down, she had to sit back down and get sewn back into it again. Damn. And um, if you go back and watch the movie, she never blinks. I think that's um, editing tricks, though. I don't think she had to not blink, but she never. the Martian girl never blinks. And then in the movie, she's chewing gum. Mm-hmm. And they find out later in the movie that that's how the Martian was living without the the helmet thing on his head was it was like hydrogen gum or something like that (laughs) um the writers weren't sure what the martians should sound like so the script just said ack 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 for all their lines of dialogue and they just kept it in the movie and kept that as their dialogue (laughs) also in the beginning they were going to um subtitle what the martians were saying Mm -hmm. the some of the producers wanted to do that but tim burton didn't he thought it was cooler that 
you had no idea what the fuck they were saying or what they were talking about. And everything was but the same. The cool thing was the animation was so good. You did know what they were talking about mm-hmm. from their hand movements and their faces. They the, suggested the body great movement. thing about this was the animation of their faces, mm-hmm. especially like when the leader's walking down and he's looking at everybody suspiciously and his eyebrows are cocked and his little tendril things on his chin are like fucking flapping around and his <laughs> eyes are moving back and forth. It's fucking amazing. I love this movie. This is one of the reasons we did this one first. It was either this or the Lost Boys. Gotcha. And I get way too excited about the Lost Boys, so I gotta ease you guys into me before I do that. But I love, <laughs> love, love this no movie. No homo. Ease you guys right, into right, me. Right. <laughs> either that say, or vampire. I didn't say ease that? into you guys. I ease <laughs> you into me. Oh, I guess that's just as bad. Yeah, it's just so, as bad. You sound like a stake in the heart, you vampire Oh my lover. god. So... <laughs> The whole movie was, like I said before, an homage to 50s and 60s style mm-hmm. sci-fi horror movies, basically. The Flying Saucers, and this is this is not true. This is me because I, I, I'm a big fan of this shit. Um, the Flying Saucers were almost identical from the movie Earth versus the Flying Saucers. Wow. Which was a movie that Ray Harryhausen did the special effects for. Ray Harryhausen, if you don't know who that is, is the godfather of modern special effects like all kinds of practical effects he came up with and he was groundbreaking all the stop motion stuff Mm -hmm. like you saw like in the old sinbad movies and stuff like that that was all ray harryhausen like the cyclops the beast from Twenty Thousand fathoms um the dancing chick that turns into a cobra in the sinbad movie all of that stuff was ray harryhausen Uh, what about uh conan uh fucking uh uh what is his name uh, the, James Earl Jones turning into like the oh snake or yeah something. that may have been I would have to double but, check that but, but I would that assume that's still the but if not it was definitely shit. his influence right. that did it all the shit from the original Clash of the Titans movie look one of my favorite fucking movies by it's far all Ray Harryhausen by far and he came up with the stop motion by making the clay models mm-hmm. and he would film them by themselves and then put them in front of the thing with the movie and splice it all together wow it was just it was medium magic back in the day wow um, so. Tim Burton, obviously a huge fan of Ray Harryhausen. Um, this is his homage to that too. Right. Um, in fact, in the beginning, he wanted the aliens to be claymation stop motion, like Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. But they ended up talking into letting him, them do the CGI instead, which I'm glad they did because the animation on those, like I said, is brilliant and it's fucking amazing. Um, that you got to think fucking budget. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That probably had a lot to do with it. Like, look, we're paying Nicholson six million bucks just to walk on set. We can't right. do that. <laughs> and he has two dual roles, right? You know, so we got to pay him for double. each one of them, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah. So the U.S. Army uniforms mm-hmm. were like the classic old school, like the uniforms they had in the fifties. So a lot of the fight scenes, like when they're firing from the tanks and stuff. Mm-hmm. It takes me back to being a kid because I used to watch those old movies all the time. They were shot the exact same way from right. the same angles, from the, the back of the Jeep looking up with them shooting with the flying saucer up above in the sky like you're looking up at it. Incredible. Um, the cool thing about this movie is they're using cell phones, mm-hmm. but every car in this movie is... There's no car... In the, I don't think there's any car in this movie newer than 1980. Like when the cars are coming into the Air Force Base or whatever mm-hmm. at, at the beginning to see the flying saucer land, they're all like old 60s and 70s vehicles. Does it say how long this uh, the, the movie take, took to shoot? 
Um, I don't see that because I would assume I would assume this probably started. You know, they probably started shooting in like '94 or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the other thing is, um, because I have trivia here that I'm looking at, but I also did notes on trivia because I didn't know I was going to find this other page. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual screen print for this started in. Um, the 80s I, I i think i did remember another that. guy had written a screen i'm trying to find it here um I, I remember reading that actually let's see i don't know what i did with it though it is uh but anyway there was another screen print that was made and um here we go production started in the 80s alex cock writer alex cox <laughs> writer director <laughs> of repo man if you've ever seen repo man um pitched the script to Orion and TriStar, who later abandoned the project. And then Tim Burton ended up picking it up with another writer. Um, it was almost called Dinosaur's Attack because there was another trading card set at around the same time as the Mars Attacks called Dinosaur Attacks, with dinosaurs like right. have shown up in modern day and they're just wrecking shit. So they had the choice of doing Mars Attacks or Dinosaur Attacks, and they went with Mars Attacks, which I'm really glad they did. Right. Um, yeah, they were going to be subtitled, and they went against that. They decided, and I thought it was better that they didn't. Um, you got to think if they went with dinosaurs attacks, you know, fucking Jurassic Park around this time is fucking. That was the other huge. reason they didn't do it because yeah. it was too close coming off of Jurassic Park. So Hugh Grant was originally cast in the Pierce Bronson role. That's funny. And uh, That's they fucking they funny. ended up going with him instead. Um, Susan Sarandon, Diane Keaton, and Meryl Streep were all up for the role as the first lady. Wow. And they ended up giving it to Glenn Close. And I love Glenn Close. As if she's such a stinky bitch. Like, she's so Corella DeVille. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I'm not going to have those things in my house. And then there's a part earlier in the movie where Natalie Portman's her daughter, and she's going, she's getting ready to rearrange the, the Roosevelt room or whatever. And she's like, why don't you just leave it the way they wanted it? Because that's not how I want it. She goes, you know this isn't your house, right? And she's like, yes, it is. And then even when, in the movie, how she dies, they shoot the chandelier, and she's like, not the Nancy Reagan chandelier! And it falls on her, you know? It's great. <laughs> so, um, I liked this. The When the people had their flesh vaporized from their bones, the remaining skeletons were either red or green. Tim Burton explained this had been done because the movie had been scheduled for a Christmas release. Also, the red and green skeletons were first seen in Beetlejuice, when Barbara and Adam were in the in Juno's office, you can see them with other ghouls looking at the screen. That's fucking cool. Look, I like little Easter eggs like yeah, that. Yeah, I do or, too. Or should I say Christmas presents because it right. was a Christmas release. Wah, wah. And it, uh, just in the watching the trailer alone, it released on fucking December 13th, which was a Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> um, So the producers wanted to use the heat ray sound effect from the Paramount Pictures War of the Worlds from 1953 for their lasers as the sound of the Martians' ray guns. Uh, But Paramount refused to release the permission to do so. They wouldn't give them the rights to it, so they had to make what what you heard in the movie. Um, Again, another homage back to the 50s. uh You know, fucking sci-fi, which is badass. You know, that you, you would even go... As so far back, you know, I'm saying just to make sure that it's cemented in what you're doing, you know, just to have that thought process to say this is something that you possibly have heard, you know, back in the 50s watching War of the Worlds. Yep. And, you know, you 
again, it's that's that's something that a casual person wouldn't know anything about. Right. But to go as far as you know to do that is badass, and then for them to say no, fuck you, Paramount. Right. <laughs> so, um, the Martians land. This is kind of important to me, and I'll explain why. Mm-hmm. The Martians land in Pahrump, Nevada, home of radio talk show host Art Bell. Okay. Uh, Bell is well known for featuring guests who are involved in one way or another with the subject of outer space life forms. This ranges from scientists investigating the possibility of extraterrestrial life to people who claim to have been contacted, kidnapped, examined, or impregnated, sometimes all at the same time, by space aliens. So what they're talking about is Coast to Coast AM. Art Bell. um, God rest his soul. He died about a year and a half ago. And I did a whole, on my old podcast, I did a whole tribute to him. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but he used to do the show with George Norrie called Coast to Coast AM. George Norrie's still doing it. And when I was, because I'm a screen, I was a screen printer by trade, mm-hmm. and I always print it in the middle of the night because mm-hmm. it was hot. We're in Arizona. I would never even start printing until about nine or ten o'clock at night. I would print till like four in the morning. Right. I would listen to Coast to Coast AM the whole time I was printing. And he would have people on there that say they were time travelers and they'd been kidnapped by aliens, impregnated by Bigfoot, whatever you could possibly think of. He dug these people (laughs) out of the woodwork. There was one guy I will never forget. He was talking about how he time traveled and he goes, well, let me just qualify all this before I even start by saying I was doing a lot of acid at the time. (laughs) Wow. And I was like, all righty then. Say no more. Monitor more. So uh, just so happens, Pahrump, Nevada, right? Uh It's like... The the equivalent for me, because I've, I've been to Pahrump before, is like uh, here in Arizona, we have Buckeye, you know, so it's kind of like, right. you know, Phoenix to Buckeye. There's literally yep. nothing out in Yeah, Pahrump. gotcha. Like, when I say nothing, like my last job, um, I bought cars for a company, and I would, they had me in Nevada a couple different times, and one of the times I had to go out and uh, go look at this guy's car, right? So I get out to this guy's house. He has a little shitty house, like his his uh, he had a um, like a warehouse or something like that, right? His warehouse was better than his fucking house. That's funny. When well, he only sleeps in his house, he and works in the warehouse. He had a fucking uh, taxi strip on his land. Oh, for an airplane? Yeah. Nice. So he had he had like this this it was kind Heck of like yeah. a badass hangar, right? But he had a fucking taxi strip. Wow. That shows you like. Li- Literally, there is nothing out there. Sorry if you live in Pahrump. Damn, that's cool. <laughs> Pahrump represent? War. <laughs> what, War. what? <laughs> Pahrump what? Pahrump that. Right? <laughs> so, um, Johnny Depp turned down the role of reporter Jason Stone, which was the role played by Michael J. Fox. <laughs> and I think that's amazing because, you know, Michael J. Fox, I can't see Johnny Depp being in that role. No. Um, that and 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 it, again, it goes back to Tim Burton putting all of his fucking people in his right, shit. Right. Like I'm, I'm surprised we didn't see Helena Bottom Carter yeah. in this movie. Well, well, he was because uh, that's is that his current? Yeah, I think. Well, I don't know if they're still married, but they right. were. Because she's in every fucking thing. You would almost think she's Johnny Depp's, you know, right. <laughs> love interest. Get this: <laughs> Warren Beatty was originally cast as the president. Wow. Paul Newman was cast when Beatty dropped out, but then left the project over the violence concerns. And then Michael Keaton was also considered before they used uh, Jack Nicholson. Wow. I think Michael Keaton would have killed this part also. I think he would have nailed it. I could totally see Michael Keaton doing the president role in this movie. Warren Beatty, Paul Newman, not so much. But I think Michael Keaton would have been 
bomb ass at it. If there were, if it had to be anybody but Jack Nicholson, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton would have been the guy. Look, like I, and you have to think again. Going back to Tim Burton putting his people in, you know, in position to win. Mm-hmm. That's you know that goes back to Batman Forever, right? Um, you know, you got to think just Batman Forever for a second. Michael Keaton. Then Danny DeVito's in this. He's the fucking yes. penguin. You yeah, know? you're right. Like I love, I love right. little stuff like that. Well, and did you know um, Annette Bening, mm-hmm. who is in this movie, was his first choice to play Catwoman in Batman Returns? Wow! But she got pregnant and couldn't do it, so he got uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, let's say Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he loves Annette Bening too. And Annette Bening's best role, in my opinion, is in American Beauty. Oh yeah! Have you seen that? Oh my god, Look, she is so good in that movie. Like, and that that shows <laughs> like the spacey we have now, like for sure. Oh my the, god! Yeah, but, think oh, about yeah, it. Like uh, and, a little bit of a uh, prophecy or something. Yeah, there. and I like Kevin Spacey, right? You know, or at least his. Like, uh, I think my favorite part about Kevin Spacey, his favorite, my favorite part ever, is on uh, Seven. Oh my god! He yeah, comes, we're gonna cover that movie too. He's in. He's in the movie for fucking four minutes. Yeah, and stole it. Stole the whole movie at yep, the end. Absolutely, <laughs> we're definitely gonna be covering that movie too because I do have that on VHS. Hell yeah! Um, yeah, I've gotten to the point now where everybody's so um, offended by everything. I can appreciate someone's work without appreciating them as a person. Yep. Like the guy, everybody hates the guy that did the Jeepers Creepers movie because uh, he's pedophile. Powder. Yeah. Powder. He did powder. Yeah. 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 Uh huh. But um, I still like Jeepers Creepers. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeepers Creepers scared the fuck out of me. I've, I I've, did not watch the I third one. Cathedral or whatever it was the called. The first two, though, I enjoyed. But yeah. I don't support him in any way, shape, or form as a person. I think he's a no. piece of shit. Yeah. But I can appreciate the movies he made before I knew he was a piece of shit. Right. Um, just like with music or anything else, you you got to separate. If you don't agree with their politics or their actions or whatever, right? you can still, I mean... You can still you your, can still Your classical artists, like... Um, Pablo Picasso and those guys. If you have the shit they did, you wouldn't like their art either. You got to think a lot you of know? a lot of the things that we, you know, a lot of the triumphs we praise for. By the way, speaking of which, Tom Jones, who's in this movie, right. it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> apparently, and I wasn't going to bring this up, but here we are. Here we are. Apparently, uh, he's hung like a horse. Whoa. He would, oh, they did a top. Hey. They did a list of purportedly top five most well hung actors in Hollywood or famous people. Uh-huh. Tom Jones is on the list. Wow! But I only said that to say this: he's also a huge asshole. <laughs> From every account of him I have ever heard, he's a huge asshole. So there's that. Anyway, who's who's, uh, who's uh, like knighted? Somebody's sir. That's Tom Jones. Okay, I thought sir so. Tom Jones. That's yep, what I that's thought. I was, I was just making sure because I didn't want to say it's not. But he's yes. got a he's got a big crown, sir. <laughs> yes, <one>. sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Mars attacks. Uh, the very beginning of this movie, you've got comedy right off the bat uh, when they show the WB symbol. A uh, flying saucer flies behind it, like a little <laughs> tiny flying saucer from the movie. I think that's really cool. The WB. This, this movie was done so well. <laughs> Uh, so it starts out four miles outside of Lockjaw, Kentucky, Tuesday, May 9th, 6.57 p.m. This took me back with uh, May 9th, 6.57 p.m., Tuesday. Takes me all the way back to uh, Return of the Living Dead. Gotcha. Remember the very beginning, July 3rd, 
5.26 p.m. And they're at the Unita Medical Supply. Unita? Yeah, dude, this totally t- took me back to that. I love the, the tongue-in-cheek kind of stuff happening already here. Um, a tractor pulls up, and there's, like, this hit guy on it. And there's a Filipino guy there, like, checking his mail or whatever. And he's like, you guys celebrating Filipino New Year or something? And he's like... No, why? He's like, I smell barbecue. What are you guys cooking? And the guy's like, it's not us. And he sniffs. He's like, and totally typecast, like Asian. He's like, oh, I do saw something too. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, it's a party. And all of a sudden, I heard a cows come running down the street and they're on fire. Oh, and they never really explain this, except later on in the movie, on the spaceship, mm-hmm. in the background, you see one of the Martians. He's carrying a cow over his shoulder. Right. But I think this goes back to the cattle mutilations. There's always like when there's flying saucers, there's cattle mutilations. Uh huh. I just thought it was funny because the cows are on fire and they're running. I don't think the cows would be running in a stampede if they were burning, but they were. And I think it was great that it smelled like barbecue. Talk about hot beef. Right. So then a big saucer lifts up from behind the forest or whatever and takes off and everybody's looking at it. And then the credits start rolling. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the credits are, uh, they show Mars and they show the flying saucers lifting out from underneath Mars. Like these things open up and they're lifting out, uh, up out of the planet and, um, they're flying, you know, they're pretty much the whole armada is coming around and they're, as they're rolling credits it's really cool. And the music, the music in this is unbelievable. It's just absolutely amazing. So, um, then we cut to Washington, D.C., May 10th, 1125 a.m. They're, they're, they're timelining here. I love it. Right. Because they're, the, they're showing you all the different characters in the movie, and they're showing the timeline of where and when this stuff's happening, because mm-hmm. they're going to bring all these people together later. Right. And I dig that shit. I Foreshadowing. Cool. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. So, Washington, D.C., May 10th, 1125 a.m. So, Jack Nicholson, the president, he's looking at pictures, and uh, Martin Short is his... Uh, What's it called? The uh, press secretary, the guy that comes out and talks to everybody. Right. And he's a, you could tell right off the bat he's a piece of shit because he's trying to spin this shit. Um, spin artist. Yeah. Um, he's talking about hitting the news and, you know, we got to tell the American people about these. And uh, and him and Jack are kind of having a conversation like, how can we make this look good for us? And, you know, all the political shit that you know would be going on behind the scenes. Right. You know, never let anything go without, you know, never let it go. Uh, what is it? Never let a an emergency go without taking the the possibilities from it or whatever. Right. So, uh, um, the old general right away he's like, "We need to attack him." <laughs> and then there's the other general behind him that really, totally is Colin Powell. Right. D- that guy that they had to have done that on purpose, and he's like, "How do we know?" that they're not peaceful. And then the other general gets all pissed off. And then Pierce Brosnan is sitting there and he's the scientist that they obviously brought in to talk about this. So he's like, well, they're obviously an advanced, uh, an advanced society and, and, uh, so they have to be civilization. So they must be peaceful. Yeah. You heard that in the preview. Right. So then they cut to the first lady, um, Glenn close and Natalie Portman. Um, and they're just, that's when she does that whole thing where she's like, you know, this isn't your house, right? And you can tell the daughter's like the only down to earth one of right. the whole family. The rest of them are weird. Um, then we cut to Las Vegas, Wednesday, May 10th, 1.43 p.m. I need to pause here. And I know you're going to agree with me. All right. 
Pam Greer. Pam Greer. Look, Foxy Brown. Oh, my God. She may well be the most beautiful woman on the face of this earth. Oh, my God. I was kind of. How old is she now? She's got to be in her 60s. Probably 70s or something. Pushing 70. And she's still hot. So, so Pam Greer. Oh, uh, man. It's funny. We're talking about Mars. Right. And we talked about Ice Cube. Right. (laughs) What was it? it Invaders of Mars. Was that it? No. No, it was Red uh, Red Planet. No, no, Red Planet was a Val Kilmer one. Yep. You're talking the John Carpenter movie. Yes. Which was. Attack um, of Mars. No, no, it was Ghosts of Mars. There we go. That movie's dope. There we go. I don't care what anybody says. People talk shit about that movie. I love that movie. She's fucking. She gets. Yeah. Decapitated. Bad ass. On a a pike. Yeah. (laughs) That movie's cool. Natasha Hendridge is in that movie, too. Too. Right, and that dude, I love that movie. I've always liked that movie. I'm I like, mean, to be honest, it's it's pretty badass. I mean, other than I'm a little biased because I'm a huge John Carpenter fan. Look, but dude, that movie is awesome. It was so, way better than Red Planet. Look, I, like, wait, 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 time out, time out. Red right. Planet is the one with Val Kilmer and and the robot, right? Yeah, and they're stuck. No, no, no. Which Red, one? No, you're thinking of. Uh, the one that came out a couple of years ago. Red Planet came out in the 90s also. No, no, I'm thinking about the one where he has to like fight that fucking robot. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Oh, okay, I thought you were talking about the one where he was stranded by himself. No, that's The Martian. The that Martian. Was, I thought you were that talking was, about. Uh, that's fucking... Uh, I did not see that. Uh, neither did I. I, I. I know what it is, but that's with... Uh, Jason Matt Bourne. Damon. There you go. Matt Damon. <laughs> so yeah, I just wanted to pause and Pam Greer. Holy crap, man! So I met Sid Haig at okay. a con. Well, I met him three times. We had conversations each time, but one of the times I met him, we talked about Pam Greer because he was in that movie with her in the '70s. He was in a couple movies with her: the black exploitation movies, yes, the Caged Heat, and all that shit. The women's prison R- movies. R.I.P. to my guy. Hell yeah. Big up to Sid Hay. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, uh, 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 Captain Spaulding. If yeah, you guys didn't know who you know who. But he who was he talking is. about um, what a class act Pam mm. Greer is. Just the classy. He said she's the classiest lady he ever met in his life. Damn. So she's beautiful and classy. So and, there we go. And she had some perky tits in the seventies, um, dude. Oh wait, wait! Look before before we get off Pam Greer. Oh boy! So, oh boy! (laughs) You know her and Richard Pryor had a thing, right? What I did not know that. So my boy Richard Pryor. Look, R.I.P. to my guy. Right. So the crazy thing is, he said that. So you're telling you're telling me he banged Pam Greer and Marlon Brando. Wait, wait. Okay, okay. Uh, Let me not jump ahead. I'm sorry. I won't jump ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. He was banging Pam Greer with cocaine on his dick. (gasps) What? Yeah. What? I guess it like crystallized her. Uh, it was getting to the point to where it was like crystallizing her uh, eggs or something like that. It was crazy. I read. I read something about it. Uh, and that's where Dave Chappelle came from, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Buzzing. <laughs> that was funny. But yes, crazy shit. You know, happened in the what? 70s. What? Yes. I've never heard that. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Like we're gonna spit out just random trivia right? facts that, you know, and that's we, what I'm talking about. We we're at opposite ends of some of these spectrums, and it's a good thing because we can bounce it back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So he banged Pam Graham, Marlon Brando. Who can who can say that? <laughs> Besides Richard Pryor, right? All right. So yeah. So Pam Greer is in this movie. Jackie Brown for you Tarantino fans, right? But. It goes way farther back than that. Coffee. Right, there we go. Oh, I man. said Foxy Brown. Foxy you know. Brown, coffee. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, Pam Greer. And, uh, oh, man, I got lost here. All right, let me get back on track. So, okay, so we're talking about Pam Greer and uh, 
Jim Brown. Byron, Jim Brown. Yep, yep. <laughs> bad, bad Jim Brown. So Jim Brown is a washed-up ex-boxer, a washed-up boxer. He's working as a casino, mm -hmm. as a, like an Egyptian pharaoh, so <laughs> people get photo ops with him and shit. So they're, they're setting plot here. So you're finding out that him and Pam Greer have two kids together. They're separated, mm -hmm. and um, they're trying to work out. They're trying to work things out. They're trying to get back. He, he wants to get back with it because why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Right. So you have that scene. He takes Rawr. some pictures. He takes pictures with some nuns that are on the tourists. Everybody's telling him, oh, you were great. You were great, blah, blah, blah. So then we come back to Jack Nicholson and uh, Annette Benning, except he's not the president now. He's Art Land. He's the guy that's trying to build the casino, <laughs> the Cosmic Casino or whatever. Um, and Barb is concerned about um, the environment. She's like, because you could tell her out the bat, she's kind of one of those crazy new agers. Right. She likes the crystals and shit like that. And she's like, you're doing all this construction, just tearing all this down. It's just so bad for the environment. It's awful. So then uh, they're just kind of introducing them a little bit. Right. Then we cut to New York City, Wednesday, May 10th, 526 p.m. We're in the TV studio, Sarah Jessica Parker, who I have. Oh, I'm not going to say that. Anyway, <laughs> it's mean. It's just mean. Sarah Go Jessica ahead, Parker, say, Sex say, in the City. Sex in the City. Um, but I got tired of writing her entire name out in the notes so from here on forward i refer to her as horseface <laughs> bojack horseman bojack, bojack. <laughs> but um okay so sarah jessica parker um she's been in a lot of movies she was married to matthew broderick i think uh yeah and so. um she's a good actress bueller bueller bueller, bueller. <laughs> she's so she's a good actress um but the only movie I ever thought she really looked good in was Hocus Pocus. Right. And I, the crazy thing is, I think me and you had this conversation. I think we did too. I did not know that that was her. Right. I did not know she was the third sister. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, so Hocus Pocus. And um, yeah, this she is in a relationship with Michael J. Fox. But it's, I think they work at op opposing news stations. He's an actual news reporter. Right. And she does like the fashion show. Right. So and that comes in that comes in a little later in the movie. So then the president they're telling everybody the president's going to be cutting in at such and such time to talk to the American public. Mm -hmm. So they're all thinking it's got to be some kind of big deal. So then we get the presidential address and uh we go to Perkinsville, Kansas, Wednesday, May 10th, 4:08 p.m. and they're at Donut World and they're watching the presidential address. Randy's Donut. Yep. <laughs> and um there's the uh the kid there oh what was his what was the actor's name i mean i'm gonna cheat here and look again because i can't remember i thought he was someone else uh lucas haas gotcha he's been in other stuff gotta click just click on him right yeah right. yeah i know i know we're, we're cheating here I, he's been a lot of other stuff um witness he was in inception um all kinds of crazy shit but he was not in the movie i thought he was in I really thought he was the weird kid that worked at movies with Dante and Randall in Clerks oh, Two. Clerks, <laughs> doesn't it look like him? It definitely, but does. it's not him because Clerks Two is not on his thing that he was in, like his filmography. Uh -huh. But I swear to God, that was him when he was like one ring to rule them all, and then that guy start going back and forth, and then Randall goes on that big thing about. Um, Samwise bricking in Frodo's mouth at the end of the movie, then the guy pukes <laughs> and he goes to the back and he goes, 
Hey, Dante, I bombed on Lord of the Rings so bad I made some nerd puke. <laughs> but I like to hear he goes, uh, there's only one return, and it's of the Jedi. <laughs> Jedi. It's so funny. So anyway, so we're at the donut shop, and he's watching the uh, presidential address. And then um, we're going to come back to Vegas. Danny DeVito's shooting craps, and Annette Bening's there. And they're all like, what the hell is he talking about? Aliens, blah, blah, blah. What's going on? Um, then we cut to New York City, Thursday, May 11th, 526 a.m. Um, that's Michael J. Fox and Sarah Jessica Parker at home. And they're talking that she is going to get to interview the scientist, Pierce Brosnan. And you can tell Michael J. Fox is a little pissed off about it. Like, why are they giving that interview to you? Right. You know, you're just a fashion person or whatever. So she's all excited about it. She doesn't even remember his name. She's like, I'm interviewing the science guy. And he's like, oh, great. So then cut back to Perkinsville, Kansas. We're jumping all over the place here in the beginning of the movie. Thursday, May 11th, 9.37 a.m. It's Trailer Park. Uh, the kid from the donut shop's coming home. That's where he lives. You find out that he lives with his parents and his brother, who is Jack Black. Jack Black. And uh, I forgot that Jack Black was that character in this movie until I rewatched it. I was like, oh, shit, I totally forgot. That that was Jack Black. Like I love, I love like when you know you, you go back and watch something that didn't really have any significance right. to you then. Yes, and then now you're like, holy shit, oh, it that's was him. Jack Black. And you can tell right off the bat that the kid is like the outcast of the family because the rest of them are kind of like the America <laughs> mega hat wearing kind of people. Jack Black's got a blindfold on and he's putting a rifle together and with a blindfold and his dad's timing him. So you're kind of getting a, a view of what that family is like. And then you got the, the stoner kid that works at the donut shop. Right. You know, so he's kind of the outcast. Um, so then they have that whole scene where they're like, why can't you be more like your brother and blah, blah, blah. And he's going to volunteer to go help with the Martians. So then we come back to Pam Greer. We find out she's a bus driver mm -hmm. and she's driving her bus by the arcade. If you guys remember what an arcade is, this was the nineties. <laughs> She goes by the arcade and she sees her two kids playing a video game in the arcade. And it's one of those big arcade cabinets with the guns. Mm -hmm. And they're like shooting some alien cop looking guy. And they're like, pa 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 pa. This is important later on in the movie. You just don't realize it yet. Foreshadowing. But she stops the whole bus. She's got a city bus full of people. She's like, we need to make an, uh, an unplanned stop. And she goes running in there and she goes, why aren't you guys in school? And they're telling her school is canceled. Right. And I think it really was because of whatever was going on. Coronavirus. Right. Oh, my God. We're going to get to that later on in the movie. I've got some great parallels going on here. So um, she pretty much grabs him by the ears, not literally, but... And Figuratively. Yeah, like shuffles him onto the bus. Get your ass back there. Don't say nothing to me. You're going blah, blah, blah. And everybody starts clapping for her because she's disciplining her kids. And she kind of tosses her hair a little bit like, yeah, bitches. I'm Pam motherfucking Greer. Pam Greer. <laughs> So she's taking her kids home on the bus, and then um, we cut back to um, uh, we cut back to the uh, Martin Short, and he is in a limo. And this is important for later on in the movie. Martin Short comes pulling up in the limo, and there's all the hookers standing there, <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, ladies, how's it going?" So you can tell we've already established earlier on in the movie he's a piece of shit already, but now he's like. Um, Whoremongering. He's like, a whoremonger for sure. Yeah, so he's picking up hookers in the limo and taking them to the White House and banging them, pretty much is what he does. You think that's, Very, a, you think that's a, 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 a poke at somebody? 
I think it could be a poke at a lot of people, actually. You, you got to think who's who's the president at this time. Oh, oh, during the 90s, you're right. Yeah. I was thinking because later on in the movie when he has the Martian, uh-huh. it's so cool. I, I don't want to spoil it now, but I got to talk about it. They have the John F. Kennedy statue head, uh-huh. and it flips back. Like on Batman, and oh, they push the button, and the right. Kennedy—it's like supposed <laughs> to be like the secret Kennedy fuck room or whatever, I guess, mm-hmm. where he probably did Marilyn Monroe with him and Bobby Eiffel Towered Marilyn or whatever <laughs> happened before they had her killed. Right. You and I, by the way, make a note of this, guys. Eventually, once we get a few episodes in the can, and you guys are used to our craziness, we may do a, a side shoot-off podcast where we just talk about our crazy conspiracy theories. Hell yeah. So look forward to that one. Hell yeah. Because we got some crazy shit going on in our heads. <clears throat> so now we get a quick view of the uh, alien spaceships kind of hovering around. And they cut to uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's interviewing Pierce Brosnan. And they're Horse totally. Face. Yeah. Horse face. And they're totally flirty with each other. <laughs> they're totally like flirting with each other on TV. And they even show Michael J. Fox watching. He goes, she's flirting with him. And he's kind of pissed off about it, you know. So they're kind of, she, she goes, what do you think we'll learn from these Martians? And he leans forward kind of like, ha ha. He goes, I'm assuming a lot about Mars. <laughs> and she's like, tee hee, tee hee. So yeah, so there was the flirty, flirty action going on there. So uh, he says that he believes that the aliens were living underground in Mars. That's why we never saw them with like the Hubble or anything like that. And because they were living deep underground on Mars, which we saw from the beginning of the movie, the things were opening. Right, coming out. And they were coming up from inside the planet. So Mm -hmm. he was right. Then the interview gets interrupted because we've got the first view of the aliens. um, And it's very dramatic. It's the alien face and everybody's looking. And uh, he's talking. (laughs) And... uh, the music is very like dun dun dun, like very over the top, like cinematic, dramatic type of stuff. And he's talking, and then he makes the circle thing, and they cut to the kid at the the stoner the kid at the donut. donut yeah, he made the universal sign of the donut. <laughs> they gotta be okay, you know. So then um, the president's having a meeting, and um, I made a note here, and I can't remember who said it. Um, the human race is an aggressively dangerous species. <laughs> I think Pierce Bronson might have said that. I don't remember. Um, so they bring in the other scientist guy, and they've got this translator that looks like it's straight out of a 1950s sci-fi movie. It's got freaking um, bulbs on it and dials and knobs and flip switches and a big speaker thing so they can translate what the aliens are saying. And um, then they cut to Bob, Bob Barb, Barb at an AA meeting. Barb is Annette Benning, right? Who's into the New Age shit? She's at an AA meeting in a church, and she's like, "It's just so great that they're showing up at the beginning of a new millennium, and everybody says they're ugly, but I think they're here to show us the way." <laughs> and then everybody's clapping for her, and then they've come to save us, you know. So um, then Jack Black's getting ready to get on the bus to go report for duty. And his girlfriend was Christina Applegate. I don't know if you caught that or not. I didn't. He's making out with his girlfriend to get on the bus. It's Christina Applegate. And then, like, right after he dies later on in the movie, she's in bed with another dude already. Like, he hasn't even been dead, like, 48 hours, probably. Um, Anyway. Do you think that's a... Like, when I I think of that, it's like a... 
if I'm not mistaken, I think when people go to the service, I think like 70% of the... Oh, yeah, yeah. The... Um, the infidelity rate? Yes. Right. I th- so I think that's kind of right. showing that. <laughs> and to play on the trailer park thing even more, Christina Applegate's name in this movie was Sharona. Oh, I, Sharona. Yeah, my, 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 Sharona. <laughs> we named you that sweet thing because that's what was playing when you was conceived. <laughs> So he's reporting for duty, and everybody's all proud of him. And Grandma's there, and she's in a wheelchair. Grandma's an important character, but you don't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. They're talk- and um, she's sitting there, and she's like, oh, have a good one, Larry. And he's like, oh, my name's not Larry. She's like, I know, Larry. Ah, I'm senile. Ah. <laughs> so then they're all proud of him, and he gets on the bus, and they're all saluting, and he drives away. So then they tell the stoner kid, take Grandma back to the home. And uh, the she lives in a nursing home, you find out. So right. then... When he's driving her back to the home, he says something to her like, wow, this has to be exciting to be around to see, you know, the first alien life. He goes, how did you feel when they first came out with the TV or something? It was something stupid, like the refrigerator or something. And she goes, God damn it, I'm not that old, you know. (laughs) And then, but then she's all, she's talking about him. I don't remember his name, but she's talking about him. And she's like, I like so-and-so. He goes, Grandma, that's me. She goes, I know. And she goes, he was always the good one. And then he kind of smiles to himself. She's like, oh, I'm the good one. I'm the good one. So then they're having a press conference. Um, and Martin Short's answering the you know the questions from the press corps or whatever. And Michael J. Fox is like, will we get an interview with the aliens? Da, da, da. He's like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So they did that. I don't know why they did this, but it was hilarious. Any other questions? And this one reporter's like, I have a question. And he stands up and he's so like, you can't tell if it's a male or a female. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, will the aliens have two sexes like us? <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I, it was just a little thing they threw in there. But I laughed. I had to pause the movie because I was laughing so hard. Because it reminded me of that old Saturday Night Live skit, Pat. Oh, you're like, hi everybody! <laughs> Nobody knew if it was a guy or a girl. You get in trouble for that shit now. Man, you have to think. You know, everything's so PC now, right? So then they come back to the nursing home, and he's wheeling her through. And I thought it was cool. They were all the old people were sitting around watching Lawrence Welk, mm-hmm. and um, she's got a stuffed cat named Muffy, but she pets it like it's real. And she's like, "This is the best pet I've ever had." And it's a fucking stuffed cat that had probably died twenty years before. Or something like that. Um, and then she's like, I need to listen to some music. And they put on grandma's music. Right. Well, it's Slim Whitman. The <laughs> Which is also foreshadowing and important for the rest of the movie. Uh-huh. But you don't realize it yet. So then you know the shot of the spaceships. And they've sent coordinates for the meeting, which happens in Pahrump, Nevada. So um, the general's going off. And because he just wants to blast him out of the sky, like right off the bat. And I wrote this down because it was funny. He walks into with his other men when he's out of earshot of the president. And he goes, liberals, peacemongers, idiots. <laughs> peacemongers. I thought that was a like peacemongers. Like, like the funny, I thought like that was before, hilarious. Before you could even say anything, I'm right? like, peacemongers. Because he's the exact opposite that you right. hear more than, I've never heard peacemongers right. before. But war. Yes. Mongers. <laughs> so they go to the alien ship or uh, they go to Prompt, Nevada. And um, I made a note because I've seen this movie so many times. Uh-huh. Shit's about to go down. <laughs> Shit's about to go down. 
So they sent the Colin Powell colonel instead of the the hateful war right. colonel. And it's so funny because he's on the phone with his wife or somebody and they're driving towards the landing strip. And he's telling his wife, yeah, honey, I told you, if I just stayed in place and never spoke up, great things were going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. So there's lots of people showing up. There's the whole... It's the typical scene from like a movie. Like you've got the bleachers with like the red, white, and blue banners hanging off of them, mm-hmm. and then uh, thousands of people are there, and then they're directing traffic on the outside. And there's a bunch of cars pulling in, and they're all older cars, and everybody's trying to park around. And there's just news vans and re- with satellite dishes on them, and reporters standing on top of the news vans, and like your basic like uh, your basic scene of any kind of media circus that you've right. seen. And then, so they show up on a hill above everything where she can look down and everything is Barb sitting on her van and she's got her crystals out and she's meditating and she's like, welcome Martians, come save us. You know, she's all into the, the Martians are going to come save us. So, um, do you, by, by chance, do you think she's going to be Thor? She's going to what? Do you think she's going to be Thor? Annette Benning? Portman. Natalie Portman. Thor? Yeah. There's a rumor that she's going to be the next Thor? Yeah. Well, there's a girl Thor in the comics. Right, because Thor becomes Odin. Sorry, I know we're off topic. Oh, man, it, here we go. Yeah. It, it kind of, I was just, th- I'm just sitting there <laughs> thinking like Portman. I'm like, oh, she's probably going to be Thor. And it's not. I would take her as a girl Thor, maybe. Wait, no. Well, because she was the, she was his girlfriend in the other movies. Yeah. Oh, and she does because, I think she does the one that becomes how, So I guess they would have to do that's that. That's how that goes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Sorry. All of you internet trolls, get ready to complain about that, because I know you're going to hate it. Right. Anyway. Sexist. Right. You can't... I used to be that way with comic book movies when they first started coming out. I was like, well, that doesn't follow the comic book at all. Nah, I'm nerd rage. Right. But you can't. Just like making a movie out of a book. It's never going to be as good as the book, because you can't put all that shit into a movie. Right. Anyway, I digress. We'll talk about that at another time in another junction. <laughs> But for now, we had Jason, uh, Michael J. Fox, talking to Horseface, and uh, he's kind of annoyed. He's kind of annoyed with her a little bit. And she's like, hi. She's waving at him from the other van. They're across the thing from each other. Jason! Jason! Hi! Hi! And he's like, oh, fuck. Hello. You know, like, waves back at her, but he's like, I can't even believe they're letting you in here. Because you can obviously tell. It's an unspoken thing, but you can tell he thinks his job is it's so more much important. more important than hers. So anyway, and um, he got stiffed. Yeah, and she's doing the and she, important yeah, stuff exactly because she's pretty leveled well, the playing field kind of thing. Yeah, of course. So um, everybody's standing there, and the spaceship comes down, and it's so cool. The fucking landing gear comes out, and it's like little feet, and then it comes down, and this big thing comes. Uh, the ramp comes down, and um. They show Sarah Jessica Parker, and she's trying to, like, color commentate what's going on. And she's like, there's, like, a big silver tongue coming out of the spaceship because it's the ramp. And then the the Martian ambassador comes down, and he's like, I love the way they glide. They don't really right. walk. Like, they glide. And only, like, the, the spit-on soldier ones walk. Mm-hmm. But the ones in power all have those robes, and they glide around. So the spaceship lands, and it extends, and then he comes down, and he's... And they have the translator there, and the translator comes out and he says, We come in peace. And everybody starts cheering, Yay! And they show people all around the world watching um, 
on the news and they're all kind of clapping and they're all happy people in bars and shit like that. Everyone's happy. And then here's exactly how I put it in my notes. That fucking hippie releases a dove. <laughs> he goes, they came in peace. And he lets the dove go. And the Martian sees it. And they freak the fuck out. And they shoot the dove. And then they open fire on everyone. And all hell breaks loose. Um, the first person they shoot is Colin Powell. Right. I'm just going to call him Colin Powell because that's obviously who he was. They shoot him and you get the first death scene. You first see what the death rays do. And the skeleton starts out kind of in the middle of his body and then just expands in both directions till he's like a green skeleton and he falls over. And that effect is so cool. Right. And I think even though this was 1996, it holds up mm -hmm. because it's supposed to be kind of cartoony and tongue-in-cheekish. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. It's amazing. So um, the ambassador takes off back to the ship and all of the other little, little peon aliens are shooting everybody and, and causing a bunch of havoc. <laughs> Jack Black sees his opportunity to be a hero. So he grabs his rifle and puts his fucking helmet on. And he goes running out there. He's like, ah, I'm going to do this. Ah. So he comes right up to the uh, the first alien. And he puts his gun up. and he, You're supposed to assume, I think, it's the one he put together blindfolded. Because mm -hmm. he pulls the trigger and nothing happens. And he immediately panics. He goes, ah, and he drops the gun. And he grabs the American flag for some reason, puts it in front of him and goes, I surrender. <laughs> and then the alien shoots him and disintegrates him. And they shoot back to the trailer park. And his parents are watching it on TV. And the mom's all freaked out. And the dad's going, no, no, this isn't happening. This isn't happening. But they watched him right. get disintegrated on TV. That was kind of fucked up. But kind of funny at the same time. As so many fucked up things are. Kind of funny. Right. Anyway. So then, blind um, patriotism. Lua? You think that was blind patriotism? Yeah, I think there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of sociopolitical uh -huh. hidden messages in this movie. Because that's a that's lot what of kind them. of screams out to me right then and right, there. It's right. like that's blind patriotism. Absolutely. And look, I, I, I'm all for patriotism. Yeah. But not blind patriotism. Blind patriotism. What's on the other side of your red hat? You you got it on backwards. I was just, yeah, it's my it's my brand. I was just asking. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some checks and balances. Checks and balances, baby. We'll talk about that too. I just yeah. I, I was making fun of you because you had a red hat on backwards. I was like, what do you, what do you got on the, the other side of the red Maga. hat? Maga. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so the Martians are shooting everybody. Sarah Jessica Parker falls off of her news van, and Michael J. Fox looks across and sees her fall, and he jumps down. And he's running across to save her, but everything's shooting and going on and exploding. So he's kind of army crawling across the ground. And then she finally sees him. And um, she's like, she reaches out to him and he reaches out to her. And then uh, there's really like heroic kind of romantic moment, you think. And then she grabs his hand and pulls it and realizes it's just his hand. And she looks over and there's a green skeleton right there. He had gotten shot while she was reaching for him. <laughs> and she's like, oh, God, gross. And she drops it. Well, then the dog picks it up and takes off with the hand. And then the aliens come by. They grab her. They grab the dog in the hand. And they grab her purse. And they scuttle up into the spaceship and take off. So I don't know why, of all people, they decided to grab her. Which I think they explain a little bit later on, but I'll go into that when I get there. So um, the ship leaves. They go back to the White House, and everybody's freaking out. The other general's like, I told you so. And um, Pierce Bronson is sitting there puffing on his pipe like nothing's wrong. And he goes, 
this could have all just been a, a misunderstanding. Uh, what do you call it? A uh, social misunderstanding or a uh, cultural misunderstanding, as right. they call it. Maybe they're offended by birds. So the president sends an apology to the aliens. Like, we didn't mean it. Blah, right. blah, blah. Give us another chance. Fail. So they show the aliens hanging out in their spaceship. And for some reason, they're all in their little red Speedos. Like, they're not wearing their <laughs> uniform. They're all hanging out in their underwear. And the one alien is sleeping in front of the monitor when the president's message comes across. And it wakes him up. And he's like, And he goes running to the leader to tell him. And they're reading it. And they're fun. They're, you know. So they go into the leader. And I think this is why they took Sarah Jessica Parker. When he goes to the leader to tell him what's going on, he's sitting there and he's looking at the centerfold of a Playboy. And he's like all fascinated, but like weirded out at the same time. And then they laugh at the transmission. They're like, ha, 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 ha. And then he turns his attention to Sarah Jessica Parker, who is like strapped to this table. Horse face. And he looks back at the Playboy and he looks at her and he looks back at the Playboy. And he gets this evil grin on his face. He starts rubbing his fingers together. And when I first saw this movie, I was like, holy crap, what the fuck? kind of weird alien sex shit are they going to do to her? Because that's what you're supposed to think. Because he right. looks all menacing, like, <laughs> pro. Yeah, exactly. So then we cut back to um, Jack Nicholson, Art Land, Art Land. and Barb. <laughs> and she's talking about um, how we all just deserve to be destroyed because we're all idiots. And this is all our fault. We, we offended the aliens and blah, blah, blah. And then they cut to uh, Pierce Bronson and they're dissecting an alien. And um, they're trying, you know, and he's pulling out like green goop out of their, uh, one of the dead aliens. He's like, interesting. He's like looking at it. So then they cut back to the uh, alien spaceship where they have now taken Horseface's body and took her dog and put the head of her dog on her body. And they, you know, they're showing them around her like they're operating. Then they all move away to do the reveal. And it's the dog head on her body. And they're all like, ha, 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 ha. And the dog's barking. (laughs) So the leader guy has a jar with her head in it. And it's still alive. And she's floating in liquid. And they take it over and they show her the body with the head on it. With the dog head. Mm -hmm. And she just starts screaming. So a couple things I noticed on this as they're walking by as he's walking by with her head in the in the jar, the jar. in the background there's a big vat mm-hmm. with a clown in it oh and i'm not sure if that's yes a, i would assume you know, uh, i don't know the what is the killer clowns from mars killer or no killer clowns it's from outer space. space yeah i wondered that but i'm not sure because it's just a regular like clown like gotcha. floating in a vat it's it it's funny what about it's just something i noticed was it it funny <laughs> right uh, terrible I so then we cut to <laughs> jack black's funeral uh-huh. which i'm wondering how they got his body back and got him buried so quick because especially they would have wanted to study it but i guess we're we're going too in depth into like realism here and they're doing the the 21 gun salute and all that for jack black and everybody's crying then we cut to pam greer talking to byron on the phone and the kids now are at home but they're on a console in front of the TV and they're playing the same video game that they were playing in the arcade. Mm-hmm. But they have the plastic guns connected to the console and they're shooting at the same alien guy on the TV, which is also important for later in the movie. Right. But it took me back to 
the old days, remember House of the Dead? Yep. And you could get the light guns with them? Yep. You know you can't play that game now, even if you have an old game system, because they don't work on flat screen TVs. The light guns won't recognize really? flat screen TVs. I have a House of the Dead 3 Hot Wheels car oh, on my shit. desk. Yeah, Yo, I'm, like, a, I'm a nerd. You know how many times... So the funny thing is you're just talking about game consoles and ga- and, and guns and stuff. Uh-huh. Most people automatically think like Duck Hunt. Right. I think of like the Aerosmith game. Oh, I do remember that. The best arcade game with guns, though, was the Terminator 2 game. Of course. Oh, my God. Of that course, t- and Area 51 was Area cool, 51 too. Area 51 was yeah. pretty badass. But, I, again, I think of the Aerosmith <laughs> game. I know that's I like, forgot about that yo, game. That game's fucking badass. And they played the Aerosmith in the background while you were playing. As you're doing it. That shit was tight. And then uh, laser beams came out of Steven Tyler's lips. <laughs> and uh, Anyway. but So, um, he's telling her that he's going to try and get over there to see her. Mm-hmm. And then he's trying to ask his boss for more money. And then his boss is like, look, man, I could get a Vander Holyfield or blah, blah, blah for probably less money, you know? <laughs> and he's like, all right, well, never mind then. So then they, they cut back to uh, the aliens are issuing an apology. I would say tongue in cheek right there, but that's more like tongue and ear. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> I didn't bite Evander's ear. <laughs> If any of you remember when Mike Tyson bit the shit out of Evander Holyfield's ear. Yeah. Craziness. Dude, Evander Holyfield, you're talking about a threatening motherfucker. That dude was big and he was lean. There was no fat on the man's body. All muscle. How tall was that dude? I look I'd have to Google. Like six five or something like that. Dude, dude, I would have fucked with him. No. Anyway, I digress. So the aliens issue an apology and they want to meet before Congress. So then there's a crowd of people outside again. They let them outside Congress, which you would think they wouldn't let anybody there this time. But it's funny because they're showing there's a row of police holding the crowd back. Uh-huh. And the police have two signs. One says no applause and the other one says no birds. <laughs> <laughs> so the speaker of the house gets up and he's like, the Martian ambassador would like to address us. They had to have done this on purpose too. Uh-huh. The speaker of the house in this movie Looked eerily exactly like Dick Cheney. What the hell? <laughs> Maybe it would have been better if it was Dick Cheney, because then he could have shot somebody. Right. And saved, anyway, I, never, I'm just, I digress. <laughs> Bird! <laughs> so now we've got Dick Cheney and Colin Powell floating around in this movie. Yo, that's funny. Anyway, um, so the alien gets up and, and doesn't even bother any kind of pretense of, of faking it this time. He just knocks the microphone out of the way and just starts blasting everybody. I thought it was hilarious when this happened. This was so comedic because the president and the first lady are watching it on TV. And there was a part even where Jack Nicholson goes, this seems kind of important. Don't you think I should be there? <laughs> and uh, and uh, the Secret Service agent was like, oh, you know, that's insane. He goes, oh, that's right. You've got some kind of problem with the, all three of the branches being together at the same time or something like that. And it's a good thing they weren't. But when they start blasting away, he's sitting on the couch next to Glenn Close. Glenn Close does that classic shtick where she had just taken a drink of coffee and she just spits it out. <laughs> Gotta love the sticks. We're gonna yeah, definitely oh my get God. into those. It was awesome. So they're blowing everybody away. And the other great part was they cut to oh, and then they go to Natalie Portman, who's also watching it on TV, and she goes I guess it wasn't the dove. <laughs> like, because she's a teenager. Like, she's the typical, like, I don't give a fuck teenager. Right. But the best part is then they cut to 
the grandma is watching with them at home. They're watching it on TV, and she laughs. She goes, they blew up Congress. <laughs> and I actually felt myself as I watched the movie being a little jealous of the people in the movie because they blew up Congress, and our Congress is still here. Anyway. I you digress. digress. I digress. <laughs> uh, one thing we try not to do on these podcasts is we don't want to politic, but sometimes it can't be avoided. Right. But I will just say right off, so nobody makes any assumptions about my affiliations. I think they're all full of shit. So, oh, so like, there you go. I think it's, you know, fucking the dirty and the dirtier. Right. So it is, I don't know what's not dirty. It's the South Park episode, the uh, the douchebag or the turd sandwich. <laughs> so anyway, okay, so the they go back to the donut shop, the and this is so <laughs> stereotypical too. They got the the stoner kids watching on TV with his boss. The, I, I'm assuming it's the lady that owns the donut shop, but she's Mexican and she speaks broken English, and she goes. Maybe they don't liking the human beings. <laughs> <laughs> so now they cut to the president's having another meeting about what to do. And now they're they're not in the Oval Office anymore. Now they're in the war room. Mm-hmm. And they've got the little map on the floor with little flying saucers sitting on it and shit like that. This is my favorite scene in the entire movie. And oops. Sorry, I hit that again. So. Oh, I had. Oh, you know what? I have a cue up of it. I would like to play it because it is my favorite scene in the entire movie. And I'm going to play it for you right now. Here we go. Oh, that's your executive order authorizing full use of our nuclear deterrent, sir. (laughs) Are you out of your mind? I'm not going to start a war. We're already at war, sir. We have to nuke them. We have to nuke them now. General Decker. You do not shut up. I am going to relieve you of your command. We have to strike now, sir. Annihilate. Kill. 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 Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I love it. That is my favorite scene in this entire movie. We have to annihilate. That in itself was, I think, a hit, a message. Yeah. With everyone. We have to annihilate. Kill. Kill. And he goes, shut up. Shut up. (laughs) You know amazing i love it so now they're they're in the war room and the president still is trying to figure out how to sort this out without an all-out bloodshed happening and um so then they have the whole thing with the colonel and he you know he wants nukes and the president doesn't want to use the nukes because he knows that it's probably not going to do any good and um where was i at here so, the president says the coolest things here. This is where we're starting to get into <laughs> my comparisons to the movie and what's actually happening. Because this is some shit I could totally hear coming out of our president's mouth. All right. And if you're listening to this years from now, I'm talking about Donald J. Is it J? Donald J. Trump. Yeah, J. J. I think it's J. Trump. Homer J. Simpson. Homer Donald J. Donald Trump. <laughs> um, he says... He goes, we got to get on TV and calm everybody down. We need to let them know two out of three branches. They've still got two out of three branches of the government, and that ain't bad. (laughs) (laughs) And he goes, they need to know the schools are still going to be open. 
the garbage is going to be taken out and there'll be a policeman on each corner which we'd already have if they had listened to me in the last election <laughs> and i could so just listen to this i just want you to listen to this for a minute they need to know they still've got two out of three branches of government that's not bad <laughs> Schools are going to be in session. The garbage is going to get taken out. We're going to build a wall around the earth to keep the Martians out. And, and it's going to be great. It's going to be the best wall. It's fantastic. Ask anyone. <laughs> Nobody knows Martians more than I do. Anyway, so here's my thing. Mm-hmm. We're in a full-scale invasion now of these things that have come from Mars. Right. And they're blowing everything up, and they've massacred people on tv twice now Mm -hmm. and what does the president say the schools are still going to be open do you see where i'm going of course we can't handle a small flu outbreak (laughs) let alone we got the nba shut down baseball shut down they're talking about canceling wrestlemania may get canceled Mesa isn't going to school this week. ASU is closed. All the schools are shut down. Yep. There's no toilet paper. There's no water. Right. I got a bitch about that for a second because I went to the store Saturday and I was pissed. The weird, <laughs> you know, but they've got a full scale alien invasion and God damn it, your kids are going to school. You're going to school. It just shows, I think, in the 90s, I think we had a little bit of a, a, a better mindset than now that I'll deal with when I get to it, I guess. You know, if but, anything, uh, what, it, what it kind of makes me think of is. Um, the whole MAGA thing, you know, make America great again mm-hmm. thing, that's kind of based off of the 50s. Right. You know, of, um, you know, the model of what the 50s was. So saying, oh, there's a cop on every corner, you know, the Which trash was exactly is get, this. Absolutely. Exactly. The trash going to get taken out. You know, I think, yep. again, that's going back to that homage to the 50s. Absolutely. Because that was your perception of security. Safety. Yeah. yeah, the kids are in school. The trash is getting taken out. What the, is there to worry about? There's a cop on the corner if I need anything. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's cool. Um, you guys are going to meet D. Crash eventually. He's a really good friend of mine. He's a local rapper. Um, and he's he's been on podcasts with me before. He's a really intelligent guy. He has a lot of good things to say. But he told me one time, he was like, yeah, the 50s were great if you were white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's true, and nobody thinks about that. Yeah, like, man, that was the 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 greatest generation, or whatever. You know, you got to think that's the baby boomers and stuff right. like that. But you know, I'm I'm Gen X, uh-huh. so when I go to the store and they're sitting out there, I get pissed off. Like, but you, it's weird when you realize what's important to people. Uh huh. The weird, okay, so again, blind patriotism. The here's what the toilet paper was gone the water was gone i'm like okay i can kind of get that if you think you're going to get stuck in your house but i would just like to say because i'm just going to throw this out there right now i'm a prepper uh-huh. and uh everyone laughs at me because i i i have a, a food store i have supply stores i've got the fucking tablets that cover your thyroid if there's a nuclear blast i have that shit damn it's a two-week supply per person because that's the amount of time it's going to take for the radiation to dissipate enough that it's not going to kill you. Gotcha. And it coats your thyroid because that's what kills you is the radiation fucks your thyroid up and it kills you. Anyway, oh, let's be honest. Go the ahead point. and slide me some of that. You that's the shit we're going to talk about on All our right. other podcast. You're goddamn right. But I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prepper. <laughs> prepper. I believe in, you know, I don't know if it's going to happen, but I goddamn sure don't trust the government right. to take care of me or to even not let this shit happen. Right. So I laugh. I'm like, yeah, all you motherfuckers laughed at me 
Who? What are you doing now? You're hoarding toilet paper, water, flour. That's what made me mad. The dog food was gone. <laughs> All the dog food was gone. You got to make sure your dog eats, I guess. That's cool. But the flour, I came home because my girl, God bless her, big shout-outs to Ro, Ro, Ro makes Ro. some killer tortillas, right. makes killer fry bread. Right. Um, she's Navajo. It makes killer fry bread. Flour is a big thing in my house. Damn we right. we have flour in five gallon buckets. I'm not even kidding you Damn because right. we use so much of it. Damn right. I got to the store Saturday. I'm like, the flour's gone. Do any of you motherfuckers know what to do with that flour? Because I just heard a report on the radio two weeks ago that says only 27 percent of people eat at home. So all this Damn. stuff you guys do, do you even know how to make bread? Do you even know how to make a tortilla? Right. Do you know what to do with that flour? Did you just take it because you thought that's what some, oh, flour seems like something I might need in an emergency. There was no sugar. All the oatmeal was gone. All the canned food was gone. Except, so the canned food is wiped out. Right. There's one section on that shelf that's completely stocked. Uh-huh. Can you guess what it was? Um, let's see. Give me a second. I'm going to go with corn. Cream corn. Yeah. Cream corn. So I guess if you're starving, you even if you're starving, you won't eat cream corn. <laughs> I, think, I think cream corn is fucking great. I like cream corn, too. Right. And I'll go one better. I like pouring my cream corn on my mashed potatoes. Like, yeah. it's great. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Kill that. Come on. So Look, some anyway. people don't like their food to touch. You know? Right. I get that, but too. I don't give a shit. But that's the thing. The weirdest shit was gone. The produce section. The potatoes and the onions were onions, gone. Onions, yeah. Nothing else was touched. Yeah, that's what my boss said. You guys said. didn't think you needed some asparagus or a little lettuce or some tomatoes or something with your potatoes and onions? The crazy thing I don't was, get it. I've, I've been seeing, so I went to I went to Fry's uh, the other day to grab just a box of cereal. Right. You're I just forgot. doing your normal shopping because right. you're a sensible human being. Right. I forgot <laughs> that, you know, all this, this pandemic was even fucking going on, right? right? Because my thought is... I fucking lived through <laughs> chicken pox. Yeah, we lived SARS, SARS uh, swine flu, swine flu, you know, bird all this flu, shit. Cow, mad cow disease, right? Zika virus, right? Can, do we need to go on? Come on, because now. and that's the way it happens. And a lot of it is um, the media has put everybody into the a frenzy. Hysteria of it all. And um, here's what I didn't get: mm-hmm. toilet paper, water, that stuff. Paper plates and plastic forks are decimated. They're gone. Why? Why? If you're quarantined in your house, you don't have dishes? Right. What the fuck do you need plastic forks right. and paper plates for? Right. Anything you can wipe your ass with was gone. Paper towels, napkins, tissue like you would blow your nose. Baby wipes. It. Yeah, anything you can wipe your ass with was gone. And that in itself, because me being a prepper and a camper, uh-huh. I'm like, you can wipe your ass with anything. Right. I don't need toilet paper. I don't give a fuck about toilet right. paper. I'd rather eat. Right. You know, if I got to get off the toilet and, and jump in the, in the shower, shower, absolutely. You're going to be cleaner than wiping your ass with toilet paper anyway. Exactly. I saw a thing on Facebook where the guy had hooked a, a hose with a nozzle at the end of it uh-huh. to his thing on his toilet. <laughs> made a bidet. Hell yeah. <laughs> he made a bidet for his bidets. <laughs> <laughs> but like... Going into the store, I looked, at, you know, because I, because at first I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Why right. is, you know, people are like hoarding in certain sections of the store? Yes. I'm like, then I, I see a a, a a sign that says water, and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> and then a little further down, toilet paper, mm-hmm. one, you know, one thing per right. person. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm starting to see all these fucking. Stores, they should have done that like all these, four days uh, ago before signs, it started getting bad. Right. In the store, and I'm like, it, it gave me, you know, a sense of, like, shock for the first time. Right. Because I'm like, 
I'm in here to get some fucking Fruity Pebbles. Right. And all of these fucking shelves are decimated. That's the thing. I don't know how the store was where you were, but all mm-hmm. the sugary still, cereal is still there. Frosted Flakes and, and, and uh, Honey Nut Cheerios, Cheerios and shit like gone. That. Gone. Everything else was still there. I was like, I don't understand the mentality of right. other than people think Cheerios are healthy maybe, but Frosted Flakes aren't. Either that or maybe they have a better shelf life. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I don't I know. know. I know you, Captain Crunch. That should probably Look, last a hundred years. But I bet you I grew up in your mouth. I grew up in the fucking projects, right? You know right. what I'm saying? We'd get the the food boxes and stuff like that. You know what always came in those boxes? Cheese, kicks, kicks. Yeah, <laughs> kicks and uh, rice. Yep, uh, the rice checks. Yep, those are the two yeah, that came. You I know, so kicks. you get the kicks with your wick with uh-huh, your wick checks wick too. Checks, and, I'm and like, you always you, got that block of cheese that didn't melt. Government. It's yeah, called um, government, government cheese. cheese. Look, look. So, funny story about government cheese, right? <laughs> so, I didn't know that uh, cheese is pretty much mold. Right. You know? Absolutely. I didn't, I didn't I didn't know that, right? So, I go in there uh, to get some cheese out of the little government cheese little box, right? Uh-huh. I look in there and I see that it's moldy, right? Oh, shit. So, I throw it away. Oh, no. Right. You don't throw that moldy cheese away. You look, cut that shit off and eat look, the rest of it. I'm like 10. I'm right? be your mama right now. Exactly. <laughs> so my mom goes in there and she's oh, like. Oh, man. My mom, look. My you mom, your ass beat. And, and, and I'm going to, I mean this figuratively and literally as well. My mom's a fucking saint. Okay. Nice. <laughs> but she's so, also a gangster. Right. So <laughs> she's, so it's rare. It is rare that I hear her, you know, ever spout out a cuss word. Right. She has to be really, really really hot yeah <laughs> so she goes in and she's like who the fuck threw away my cheese oh my god we all come out front and center not me not me not me <laughs> me oh, shit. <laughs> she's like if you don't go get my fucking cheese so because it's in the box yeah in plastic yeah She's like, if you don't go get my cheese out that fucking Trash, garbage. Yep. So then that's when she puts me on to the realization that all you got to do is cut that cut shit off. off. Same thing as the bread. Yeah. Yep. You don't waste thing. that shit. My dad used to always say, like, if I didn't like something, like I didn't like liver. Uh-huh. And he'd be like, someday you'll kill for that. I'm like, well, today is not that day. <laughs> you know, my mom used to do, because remember you used to get the powdered milk? Of course. In those boxes? Powdered milk. Powdered eggs. Powdered eggs. Yeah. I actually like powdered eggs. Look, I don't, I don't mind. Not. I don't mind them. I wouldn't either. eat them every day, but no. I don't mind them. If I had to eat them, I could. Spam, I can't do. Can't oh, do spam. We live off spam in this I, house. I, 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 you, we take some spam, you cube it up and put it in some potatoes for breakfast. That's okay. That's not that's too bad. Good shit. I've, I've had, I've had that. I, I like to I've slice too much. I like to slice right. mine up and fry it though. Put gotcha. a piece of cheese on it with some mustard and on gotcha. bread. That's good. We did anyway, that. We did that with fried bologna. I did bologna too. Yummy. I was talking to Roe the other night. And she was saying <laughs> she never had a fried bologna sandwich. I'm like, oh. I'm gonna make you a fried bologna sandwich because I'm the master of that. Shit. I'm the bologna fucking master. <laughs> so, my mom, uh-huh. if the milk was going bad, uh-huh. she would make some powdered milk and right. just mix it all together with the milk that was going bad, so you wouldn't taste it, and then you had to drink that shit anyway. What? Yeah, hardcore. Oh. Depressed because my parents grew up in the depression; they were older, so what? they had that depression mentality. You don't waste nothing. Look, you're gonna you're gonna bite the bullet, and you're gonna drink that fucking milk. My mom did. <laughs> so my mom loves evaporated milk. Oh yeah, like she loves it. So. I remember she would, you know, you put water in the evaporated yep. milk, even though it's already a liquid still, you put the water in it. Right. And it makes it, you know, 
thin out or. Oh, you're talking about stuff in the can. Yes. Yeah. I'm not talking not the powder powdered shit. milk. No, the I'm stuff talking... in the can with a little cow Oh, my gosh. My sister yep. fucking hates that. You know what we used to do with that? Hates it. You cook up a pot of rice. Uh-huh. And you put some of that evaporated milk in with some sugar. Uh-huh. That's like ghetto dessert Yo, right there. That's that good that, shit. That, you got damn right. Almost tapioca pudding. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I used to make... Uh, I used to make uh, butter and sugar sandwiches. Oh, look, that's that's a hood gourmet yeah. right yeah, there, Yeah, right baby. there with some Kool-Aid. Look. Good. Hell yeah. All, look, the only difference between Kool-Aid and sugar water is the color. Right. <laughs> I used to say, it's gooder than good. <laughs> it's gooder than good. <laughs> Sorry, we, right. we went off on a whole right, so we're gonna bring ghetto it back tangent. A, we're going to bring it back around now. I was thinking, though, when you were talking about <laughs> Leprechaun, that you were scared. Uh-huh. I said, till you saw Leprechaun in the hood. Oh, my God. Then you were over your fear. Right. You're like, this shit. It is retarded. Right, Sorry. So, Sorry. I wasn't. So now uh, we're back. Uh, Barbara's freaking out. Um, <laughs> Barbara's freaking out and she's packing. She's going to get the fuck out. Um, and uh, so then we go back to the ship. And Pierce Bronson, they have. Oh, they kidnapped Pierce Bronson when they blew away Congress. Right. So now his head and various body parts are floating mm-hmm. on these little things. Like, you can see his heart off to the side, still beating. And you're assuming that it's all still connected somehow to keep him alive, but you're not quite sure how it works. Right. So then, um, Horseface comes out on her dog's body. Her head's on the dog's body. hmm And she's like, oh, hey. And they're, they're all fucked up and mutated, and they're still flirting with each other. And she sits down, and this is on the cover of the VHS. She sits down and starts scratching the back of her ear like a dog. And she's talking, she's like, how's it going? And she's scratching the back of her ear. It's so funny. So and they're still, I just thought it was funny. They're still flirting with each other. He's a floating head. Right. She's on the body of a dog. No pun intended. And, um, yeah, it's just funny. So then we go to the other cool part of this movie, Martin Short picking up the alien hooker. So he pulls up, and she's obviously, something's wrong with her. She never talks. She's chewing gum, and she's got a huge beehive hairdo, and she's kind of, she's floating like right. the leaders do, and but she's got these huge boobs in this tight dress, and he's like, hey, baby, are you interested in the White House? And she's staring at me. He's like, get in. I'll give you a personal tour. So. Fucking sleaze. So then um, you find out, like, she's got a ring on her finger, and he kisses her hand, and the ring is an eyeball. Like, the ring moves, and then it shows on the alien ship they're watching it, and it's a close-up of his face. There's an eyeball on the ring. So he picks her up, and he's taking her. He goes, let me show you the Kennedy room. And there's a statue of John F. Kennedy's head, and he flips it back. Like, on the old Batman TV series, they had the statue. And they could flip it back, and it had the button, and you hit the button, and the the wall of books moves, and the bat poles were right there. (laughs) Just to demonstrate, because I am a nerd, I have it right here, the statue, and the head actually flips back. That's pretty cool. So anyway, they would flip it back, and um, so he does that with John F. Kennedy's head. He hits the button, and the door opens, and there's like the Kennedy room, which is pretty much like the Kennedy fuck shack. Because there's like a, a, a round bed in there and a bar and music and it's all dimly lit. And he goes and throws himself on the bed. He's like, hey, blah, blah, blah. And he's like totally trying to hit up on her. And she never blinks the whole time. And he's not noticing any of this. So he goes, why don't you let me uh, 
take that gum out of your mouth and he sticks his finger in her mouth and she bites his finger off it's like oh god my finger and then she spits it so there's a fish tank behind them there's a big wall of a fish tank Mm -hmm. and i don't know that this was done purposely other than these were standard fish you would have in a fish tank right every fish in that fish tank is a fish from finding nemo Really? But Finding Nemo came out later. Right. But Dory's in there. Nemo's in there. The dad, the other, like all the fish that were in the doctor's office uh-huh. are in that fish tank. So she spits the finger into the fish tank and it sinks to the bottom. And it shows a real quick image of the fish down there picking at it, eating it. And then, of course, I think that's where Martin Short gets killed. Right. And then, um, so then she does the reveal where she pulls off the the human mask the big head and it's like and it's an alien and he doesn't have a helmet on that's why and he pulls out another piece of gum and puts it in his mouth and you find out later it was like hydrogen gum that was keeping him from dying so he could breathe our air so um he sneaks into the president's bedroom and he's laying there sleeping with glenn close and um not in my house yeah he tries to uh he he shoots at him tries to kidnap the president um, but they fail and the alien is getting killed. They go back to the spaceship. The leader's pissed because the alien, the spy they send down is killed. So they start arming for the full invasion. He's like, that's it. I ain't fucking around anymore. And they show the big line of Martians and they're coming in. Yeah. They're getting the guns and now they're in a, in a uniform and they march forward. The next one comes and it marches forward and it goes on and on. So you're like, Oh shit. Full scale invasion time. So, then they cut to, and this is so stupid, the Washington Monument, and there's a group of Boy Scouts taking a tour of the Washington Monument. Like, if any of this shit was really happening, all that shit would be shut the fuck down. Right. So, there's Boy Scouts going across there, and um, they shoot. This is where the funny shit starts. They shoot the Washington Monument, and it starts falling over. The Boy Scouts run away. The ship scoops in and catches the Washington Monument and pushes it the other direction to hit the Boy Scouts. They run the other way. It zips around and catches it again and keeps trying to push it over on the Boy Scouts. And finally, it just (laughs) falls over, but you don't know it actually crushed them or not. It's so funny. So then, now now they're in the White House. Right. And there's a tour in the White House also. You heard it on the preview where she's like, can't we go this way? Sorry, man, we can't go that way. There's a tour during an Asian invasion. Well, the tour is the two kids that were Pam Greer and Byron's kids. Uh They were with their class touring the White House while this is going on. This is all going to come together in a minute. Uh So then the aliens are shooting at them. And this is where Glenn Close gets taken out because they shoot the chandelier and she's standing under and she's like, not "Not the Nancy Reagan chandelier. (laughs) And it falls on her and kills her. So then we cut to, oh, so then the kids start grabbing the guns from the dead aliens. The kids that have been playing this video game with the guns, Uh grab the guns from the dead aliens and start shooting the aliens. And they're saving everybody because they're such good shots from playing that damn video game. That's where it all comes full circle. And they're like, it's funny because they're ordering the Secret Service around because they're taking out the aliens. Like, what are you standing there for? Get the president out of here. It's so (laughs) funny. So then we cut to Jack Nicholson again, but now he's Heartland again. Right. And he's having a a meeting with his investors for his casino. And it's like an Arab guy and a basic Arab guy, Texas oil baron, 
German dude, like all the guys he's trying to get money from. And he's like, I guarantee y'all have your investment back in five months or whatever. Yeah, look, you got you a know. pretty good jack, you know, right, impersonation. Right. Thank you. <laughs> so then they can see the flying saucers behind him because mm-hmm. his back's to the window. They keep going, uh, Mr. Land. He goes, don't interrupt me. Just let me finish. <laughs> and then another one's like, uh, Mr. Land. He's like, five minutes. I just need five minutes of your time. So then the flying, and he finally turns around and sees it and it comes crashing through and the whole floor collapse, takes all the investors and then they show his whole hotel just falling over and disintegrating and so he's gone. All his investors are dead and so is he. So, then we cut to another casino and now we're Tom Jones. Tom Jones, not unusual to be loved by anyone. So he's singing. (laughs) <laughs> and he's got his background singers behind him and they're doing the thing and this is so great the lights go off and he keeps singing the lights come back up and he's still singing but now his background singers are the aliens, are the aliens. and they're doing the dance moves like the background <laughs> singers and when he turns around and notices they just start decimating the band with their ray guns and they're killing everybody well tom jones runs and he's warning everybody get out get out so he comes running out on the street and he runs into barb and byron because Barb asked Byron, do you know how to fly a plane? Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, no. Uh, do you even have a plane? She's like, yeah, we have a plane out here, and I want to escape to Tahoe where I think it'll be safe. Well, now he's thinking, I want to go to D.C. first and get my kids. Right. So then Tom Jones comes out, and they're all um, – Danny DeVito is is oblivious to what's going on. Tom Jones comes out. Danny DeVito's like, hey, you're You're Tom Tom Jones. Jones. It ain't unusual to be loved by anyone. Can I get an autograph? And then shit starts exploding. He's like, oh, what the hell is going on? So then there's panic in the streets. They're running around. And then Tom Jones is like, I know how to fly a plane. And I'm like, oh, sweet. Of course you do. So this is the best. This is another one of the best parts. The aliens now are run, running through the street, and they've got the translator that we had built to translate what they were saying, uh-huh. and they're shooting everybody, and the translator's going, come back, we're your friends, <laughs> <laughs> because they've successfully till now just tricked us all because we're stupid. Right. Um, so then they go back to the trailer park, and they're gearing up for war. Uh, they're you know they're loading their guns, and they're getting everything ready, and uh, it's funny because Jack Black's mom and dad are they're like loading their guns and the mom goes i'll tell you one thing they ain't taking the tv <laughs> it's so like <laughs> total trailer trash like that's what's important and i get the tv right and then they cut to the white house again and jack nicholson's sitting in his desk and he's got his head down he's all fucking depressed and like sir the president of france is on the phone he's like yeah whatever he's like no he says it's important and he picks up the phone he's like hello and the president of france like good news the alien bastard's here and he wants to make peace with us. And Jack Nicholson freaks out. He's like, I don't remember the guy's name. He's like, Jean-Pierre or whatever his name is. He's like, get out of the room right now. Get out of there. And then he just hears the ray guns going off. He's like, well, shit. You know, so the battle scenes here are great. So now they're full out battling in the street with the right. military and the army and everything's going on and they're shooting and it's totally like a, a 1950s sci-fi movie. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, the way it's shot, the angles. Tim Burton knew exactly what he was doing here and it was great. So um, finally, the general talks Jack Nicholson into signing the order to send the nukes to destroy the aliens. Right. They fire the nuke. The nuke goes into space 
they send this little balloon thing out to intercept the nuke. It sucks all the nuclear shit out of it, takes it back into the spaceship where it like shrank down or something. The alien leader's on the TV so everybody can see him. He sucks in the the nuclear blast out of the balloon and starts laughing like it was helium. His voice is all high. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, the nukes had actually no effect on them whatsoever. Great. It was all for nothing. So now they're showing how much they're tearing apart the the world. Um, they remade Mount Rushmore. The the spaceship comes down and, and recarves it into four alien heads. And then... Um, they show them um, taking tourist pics in front of like the Taj Mahal or whatever. Lots of monuments. And they're Eight blowing wonders. it. And there's like three Martians, and there's another one with a camera, and he's telling them to scoot over to get a better shot. And then they blow the whole thing up as he takes the picture, and they all start laughing. And then um, a big bowling ball comes out of the bottom of one of the ships and bowls over all the Easter Island heads, and all the natives <laughs> are panicking. <laughs> so then they go back to the ship. The leader, there's a Godzilla cameo. Oh, shit. So they make you think it's in Tokyo, Japan, like there's going to be Godzilla in the movie, and then they, they pan out, and it's the leader. He's sitting there watching a Godzilla movie on TV. It's really funny. <laughs> and then he flips the channel, and he's watching the Dukes of Hazard, and he's like laughing. He's just watching TV while the world gets destroyed, which was another quick little thing they slipped in there. Uh-huh. He's watching TV while the whole world goes to shit around him. Right. You know, those are the, the little signs and things that I took. Yeah. To, uh, you know, El Roger Brain. Right. Shit like that that you heard in the 90s. So while the guys, while the trailer park's all gearing up, the stoner kid's like, I'm going to go get grandma. Mm -hmm. I'm like, forget grandma. She's got one foot in the grave already. He's like, no, I'm going to go get grandma. So as She's he goes. The, the one she likes. Yeah. So as he goes to get grandma. Um. The uh, alien shows up in that big robot with an alien piloting it at the head, and uh -huh. it picks up both the trailers that had Christina Applegate in it, where she's banging some other guy already after Jack Black died, <laughs> and the one with the kid's parents, and it just bashes them together and <laughs> kills all of them. And then he starts chasing the truck, and the kid's running away. And um, then the he... he makes like this crazy turn and the thing runs into a bunch of power lines and gets electrocuted and he gets away from the robot. Right. So then we cut to the group trying to get to the airfield to get the plane in Vegas. It's Barb and Tom Jones. Tom Jones. And now Jim there's a ran and now there's a random showgirl with them that they brought with them. Pam Greer and um uh Danny DeVito. So Danny DeVito is like, you got us lost. You don't know where it is. I'm going to go do my own thing. He runs away. And she's like, no, stop. They're like, let him go. And Annette, but he's like, but I like him. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny DeVito rounds the corner, and there's an alien right there. And he's like, oh, shit. And the alien turns around. And he's like, hey, hey, we can work this out. He goes, you want my watch? It's a Rolex. He goes, I'm a lawyer. If you're going to take over the world, you're going to need a lawyer. And then the thing blasts him away. <laughs> and as it shoots him, the alien gets shot from behind, and it's Annette Benning. They had come back for him, but it was too late. So they're like, oh, now we got to go. So meanwhile, the hippie kid makes it to, grandma. to Grandma's, to the... Um, trailer park. To the trailer... No, to the old folks' oh, home. There we go. That's a trailer park. The aliens are, are sneaking in to the old folks' home, and they're sneaking up behind her, 
and he comes in and she gets startled and she turns around. She's got headphones on. Mm-hmm. She's listening to her music. And when the headphone jack unplugs, the Slim Whitman starts playing. Indian love call. Indian love call. That's exactly what it is. And all of a sudden, the Martians start freaking out like they're having seizures and their heads explode inside <laughs> their helmets, leaving all this nasty green. So they figure out the Slim Whitman music kills the Martians, of all things. So we cut back again to the White House war room now, and the general is in there, and the, pre- and the aliens come in, and the general starts screaming, at him, we're never going to surrender. We'll never stop. We're going to kill you. And the alien pulls out a different gun, and he shoots him, and he starts shrinking. And he's like, and we're not going to stop. I'm going to kill you. We won't be defeated. And then he's like an inch tall, and the alien just steps on him. So then the president, he does this great, great speech where he's like, we can still work this out. And then at the end, he's like, we're not so different. You and I, there's nothing we couldn't accomplish together. And then at the end, he's like, can't we all just get along? <laughs> and the alien comes up, the alien leader comes up, and he puts his hand out to shake it. And Jack Nicholson's like, holy shit, I actually did it. I made peace with the alien. So he shakes his hand, and the hand comes away, and it's a fake hand <laughs> with like this appendage at the end of it. And so it's crawling around him, and he's slapping at it, trying to get it off him. And it goes to his lower back and goes, and it drives the spike through his chest. And he looks down at it, and he falls over dead. And then the spike continues to raise, and a little Martian flag comes off the top of the spike. And they pan out, and he's laying in the middle of that war room on top of the world map, dead, with the alien flag sticking out of him, and all the aliens start laughing. (laughs) So they don't realize that we've already found out how to kill them. Mm -hmm. So so then they show the aliens again, and again they're playing the thing. Don't run. We're your friends. (laughs) So here comes Grandma and the stoner kid, and they've got speakers hooked up in the back of the truck playing Slim Whitman. He's like, we got to get to the radio station. So as they're driving by, every alien they drive by, their heads explode. (laughs) So they get to the radio station, and then we go back to the group getting on the plane, and they're in the hangar now. And um, they go to open the hangar door, and there's like a whole squad of aliens outside the hangar, so they can't take off. So Byron tells everybody, get in the plane. I'm going to buy us some time. And he goes out there. And this is what I put him, here's what I put in my notes. Byron fisticuffs the aliens so the plane <laughs> can escape. Because <laughs> he takes his jacket and everything off. And he puts his hands up. So the alien puts his hands up like they're going to box. And he just fucking nails him and breaks the glass. Yes. And the alien falls over. So then all of these hundreds of aliens just pile on top of him. And the plane's taking off. And they look down. And he's just beating the shit out of dozens of aliens at the same time. And then they look and he's overpowered and he's laying on the ground and all the aliens are just standing over him. She's like, no, Byron. And he, look, and he does this while dressed like a pharaoh. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the plane gets taken off. And uh, so meanwhile, they're showing all the aliens. The spaceships are crashing because now the army's figured it out. They're blaring from every speaker they have, the Slim Whitman music. The flying saucers are crashing to the ground, into buildings, into the ocean. In space, they're crashing into each other. Well, the one that's got the professor and horse face on it crashes into another one. 
and his head gets knocked off and rolls across the floor and then the dog body falls over and her head pops off and rolls over and the heads are facing each other and they're still goddamn flirting with each other she's like he's like i wish i had arms to hold you in right now and she's like me too and he's like i really i was a fan of your show for so long he goes I love you. And she's like, I love you too. And then finally it shifts. So their heads roll together so they can kiss. And the note I made was, great, the heads are in love. <laughs> so now, okay, so now all the aliens have crashed and burned. Everything's dead. Um, now they're showing the aftermath. There's buildings and rubble. People are starting to come out of their homes. And um, they show... Um, the group from Vegas made it to Tahoe Mm -hmm. and the animals for some reason now are cool with humans because deer are just walking up to them and they're petting deer and Tom Jones is petting a deer and all this shit. And it's crazy. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. (laughs) So apparently I don't know why, um, that makes it animals cool with us now, but so this is the best part. And here's some more political shit. They kind of slipped into it. They go to the White House, the remains of the White House, where the kid and his grandma are are receiving, for some reason, um, like the Congressional Medal of Honor, being presented to them by Natalie Portman. Because apparently when the president dies, his daughter can become president. I'm not sure how that happened. I don't know why she had the authority to present them with the Congressional Medal of Honor just because she's the president. It doesn't make any sense. Right. She's obviously the only person with any kind of connection to the government left, which I'm okay with because it's Natalie Portman. But so she's giving him the medal and then she gives the grandma a kiss on the cheek and then she goes to the guy and he's like, you don't have to kiss me if you don't want to. She goes, I kind of have to. And then she kisses him and then she's like, do you have a girlfriend? And he's like, oh, no. So then it's like happy endings for everybody. So then we go back to Pam Greer with her kids. Right. And you're like, oh, that sucks. Byron didn't make it home. So she's all like sad and the kids are trying to clean up. Well, they start panning out from the kids' room and you you realize the kids' room is just facing the outside. That whole part of the building is gone. Mm-hmm. So they pan out the apartment building. The whole part of the apartment building is gone. So you can see into everybody's house. Everybody's cleaning and trying to pick shit up. Right. So they show then they show Pam Grew. She's got like her head in her hands. She's sad. Then they show a dead Martian body on the ground laying there with its eyes all bulging out. And all of a sudden, the sandaled heel just busts the Martian's head. <laughs> and they pan up, and it's Byron. And Byron! he's standing outside the apartment building, and they're playing the heroic music. So you assume he just got knocked out. Right. And then all the aliens blew up before they could kill him. And he goes marching into the apartment building to be with his family finally. And you're like, oh, he did it. He did it. So here's the last scene of the movie, and I don't think they could have done it any better. Tom Jones is in Tahoe. And he's standing there, and he looks up in the sky all majestically, and you hear this, aha! And here comes a hawk, and he puts his arm up, and the hawk lands on his arm, and it's Tom Jones standing there majestically with this hawk on his arm, and then they go to roll credits. Do you think he was Sir Tom Jones at this point? He was. I think he was. Gotcha. Because the trivia said that 
Tim Burton ran into Sir Tom Jones after one of his shows in Vegas and asked him to be in the movie because he was a big Tom Jones fan. Gotcha. So then as the credit rolls, we start to hear this. Now, this is a remix version of this song. I thought it sounded cooler. But um, that was Mars Attacks. So now the credits are rolling. Um, I love this movie. I don't know how many times I've said that during this, but I do. I think it's amazing. But it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. You big hunk of a man. So yeah, that was episode one. It went a little long, but that's okay. We had a lot of other shit to talk about before we got into the movie. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't. The length, anyway. Um, maybe you're a girth guy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, eh? But anyway, <laughs> that was. Uh, so what do you think? Look, to be honest, like uh, this shit was badass. Yeah. Did you, you have know? a good time? I like. I, I like being able to shoot the shit about. Uh, trivia and pop culture yes you know this is this is the you know the crux of it all for us as, right as friends you know uh it was pop culture that you know you know aligned these stars actually so <laughs> roman would come to my office when i was doing graphic design at the screen printing place and uh we started talking one day about movies and then we would just talk about movies every time he came in and then it turned into he would just show up to hang out while I was working and we could talk about movies. So it was really cool. He's like, hey, did you see? And I'm like, no, I didn't see it. What happened? And then we talked about it. Oh, that reminds me of this movie. I know you remember that. Oh, yeah. And we found out we had all this shit in common. And like one day he hung out with me for like three hours while I was working. And finally the boss was like, is he going to be here all day? Or I'm like, <laughs> maybe. And I'm like, fuck this. Let's go to lunch. I'm right. But yeah, so that's where we come from. We hope you guys enjoyed the inaugural flagship voyage Ooh. of the 700 Tapes podcast. It has been a few months in the making. I'm glad that we've come to this place where we can do it finally. We will try to do this bi-weekly as our right. schedule allows. Stay tuned. Next time, we're going to be reviewing the timeless classic, Arnold. Arnold. Predator is our next movie. So Hell if you're yes. into Predator, you want to see some jungle skin action. Hell yeah. And uh, some heavy Indian laughing. <laughs> <laughs> this is the place for you. Hell yeah. So I'm going to leave you with the stylings for the last few minutes of Tom Jones. I am Jasperino, joined by the man, the myth, the legacy, Roman Alvarado. And we will see you guys on the flip side. team not assassins now what are we gonna do in a part of the world where there are no rules we pick up their trailer at the chopper run them down grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there what do you mean we deep in the jungle where nothing that lives is safe you lose it here you're in a world of hurt showtime kid knock knock 
an elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. You need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Philly so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. No blood, no bodies. We hit nothing. But it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear. Whatever it is out there, it killed Hopper. And now it wants us. It kills for pleasure. He ah! will skin alive. It hunts for sport. He's killing us one at a time. We're all going to die. But this time, it's picked the wrong man to hunt. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June 12th at theaters everywhere.